Hey, this is episode 189 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, we are going over the history of Collector's Edition and Special Edition games as far as we could find and we could research. We are focused on the earlier stuff from the, the 70s, 80s, and early 90s because there's almost nothing from that era, but then we're going to breeze through some of the stuff from the late 90s to 2000s to the modern era, which obviously we can't go over all that because uh, every other game has limited edition now. So tell your mom about the show, give us five stars on iTunes, and let's go. to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Hey, how's it going, dude? I'm doing all right, Johnny. I mean, my life's just consumed by staying home playing RuneScape right now. It's a very boring life, but uh, hopefully you Why have something you, better for me. I, I thought you gave that up. So they have leagues. So I play an account that I'm not allowed to trade with other players because basically the entire economy is run by bots, and I don't want to take a part in it. So they run, every year, they run like a six-week league where you basically have to play the as hard as you fucking can for like six weeks, and then you get rewards at the end of the league, depending on, on what you did. And these rewards, if you convert them to the real money gold value, like the rewards I'm going for, add them all up, maybe it's worth 7 to $10. And I've been playing for dozens and dozens of hours because the only way I can get these rewards is if I actually play the league because I can't buy them on my account. Uh, that sounds terrible. Oh, it's great. You should. Uh, no, I I think get you in and come have grind with used the wrong awesome. words. I started I started like joining some some chat channels in RuneScape and just everyone talking about their life who plays this game seems like they have like a pretty bad life. RuneScape sure seems like, like an some... escape for some people. It's almost like wasting hours of your life doing almost nothing playing an MMO is is not what people who have great lives do. Huh. That's weird. I've spent a lot of hours on MMOs. I've had an okay life. RuneScape's like a special kind of MMO where, like, I know MMOs are repetitive. I don't know. It, it's maybe the most boring and repetitive MMO I've ever played. Yeah, RuneScape. Which is why I come back like... to it, though. <laughs> I, you know, I love like grinding things out, but RuneScape, the idea of RuneScape kind of makes me want to die. I will tell you, uh, I'll tell you what I did all weekend, Johnny. There was oh, a God. grind. Uh, I had to do a run. I had to kill one dude and open a chest. It took me 57 seconds. I timed it. That's how long it took to do a run. And it was supposed to take me two and a half hours to get the thing I want. And it took me 12 and a half hours doing a 57 second loop of killing a guy. <laughs> It's basically my entire weekend getting this this set of items that I needed. And it's going to be gone in three weeks because the league ends. You could have done anything like hung out with your wife. Uh, she was probably sitting next to me playing Pokemon Legends. See, you don't know this. The both of you consumed. <laughs> have you considered maybe looking at each other and talking? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, never tell, I tell her how my a... grind's going. She tells me how her grind's going. Uh, I, I love that you guys are just like. I love that you guys just like turn and look at each other. This thing is ruining my life. Yeah, me too. <laughs> As if there's no solutions. Why can't you go back to just buying video games? <laughs> why are you yeah. playing this piece of shit? Uh, this is why buying some... games is better than playing. Oh, it's true. 
So if you also want to waste your life, here's some, if you want to do, if you want to buy games and also waste your life, I've got a, a site for you. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called uh, the WhatsApp. What? <laughs> you didn't even say it right. What I know. not? I know. WhatsApp okay. is a different thing. It's uh, this fucking thing and it's stupid yellow W. I, I got brought into this thing. I don't know. Two months ago, three months. It was like before Christmas. And I was checking it out, and it was pretty boring, and uh, everybody's trying to be a big personality, and then, like, wading through the slog of, like, a bunch of bullshit games to, like, try and fight, you know, 35 people for one decent thing is awful. But you get into the uh, sunk cost fallacy. You're like, well, I've been here this long. Gotta, like, gotta do something. It, it's awful. I, I do not recommend uh, I know people like it and they're having a lot of fun. They keep trying to tell me to go and like, even on our discord, there was some discussion about it, but uh, yeah, I hated it uh, pretty quickly and I don't know how you feel about it. I know you've kind of looked at it a few times and other people are starting to look at it. How, how do you feel about it? No, I've also had a, a bunch of people ask me to check it out because I, I hear the comic people talk about it, but I mean, it seems like All there's the plenty of uh, video game people doing it too. And people are like, Hey, what talk about what not? Uh, so I've been on whatnot. I've pressed bid a few times on whatnot, but then immediately got outbid. I guess to to explain what whatnot is, it's basically just random people who are live streaming their auctions. So they will prop up a video camera on themselves and then hold up. They'll just have like a stack of loose it's NES QVC. games or something. It, it's it's uh, QVC live auctions. Sure, they'll just hold it up, talk about how great it is, and then you have like. It's it's like a thirty second auction. It, it goes right away, which is I think it's it, fun, it, Johnny. It, it fomos you and it's sunk cost. So like it's just preying on you twice. There's a so yeah. So I think the default is like you get ten seconds. So the auctions start at one dollar, and every time someone bids, it goes back up to ten seconds. But then or like ten or fifteen or something like that. Um. There's some mechanic I heard about, but I've never seen where if people start bidding and there's only five seconds left, either the timer starts only going back up to five seconds or the timer doesn't go back up at all. It's called like sudden death or something. So that like really starts making people panic and bid, which I think is hilarious because it's just like blatantly trying to get people to bid without thinking. Yes. Uh, but I also love live auctions. The problem is I can't win any of these auctions for some reason. You'll see like an auction... This guy will have 100 items for sales. Like, wow, only 27 people are here. Maybe I'll win something. And I still won't win anything. Yeah. But uh, So, uh, you know what? It, it strikes me like this app was made out of, uh, if you follow any of the big comic guys, like they will have, um, you know, uh, oh God, what's the, what's the big one? Elite Comics. Like they do, they do like, they run like a live auction. Um, and it seems like it caters to like, a better program than just Instagram stories or, you know, or live um, to handle that kind of event. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a whole interface and everything set up just yeah. for the auction. But um, one of the auctions that I sat through, so there was a guy who had just boxes and boxes of Japanese stuff. Um, and he was like a real kind of hype guy. Like he seemed like a guy who knew a lot about American games, maybe didn't know the most about Japanese games. It seemed like, him or his buddy who was with him went on one of the Japanese auction sites and just bought everything that they knew of. So, like, you know, all the Pokemons, all the Mario parties, all the stuff that's just fucking worthless in Japan. But you can get it for five bucks and then sell here for, like, 20 bucks. And that's exactly what he was doing. 
I sit through like live arcade auctions. Like if you've never been to an arcade auction, like sit down and prepare for fucking a 12 hour day. Oh my God. It's the worst. Arcade auctions are long. I sit through heritage auctions because like usually like every item will be somewhat interesting because they try to cater to, to higher end stuff. So even if you're sitting there for two or three hours, and I, I never make it through an entire auction anymore. But yeah, like usually there's interesting stuff to at least see prices on. But man, sitting through an auction that takes hours and it's a guy holding up and hyping a loose copy of Pokemon Blue Japanese for Game Boy that's worth $8. It's like really starting to question if it's worth spending my time. I think I like as I said, I don't think it's a great use of time. And I like live auctions can be fun. But I, I did the same thing. Like my first experience was uh, if you've ever heard of the captain's auctions for like pinball sure. and arcade stuff. Okay, well that's based in Southern California, so I went uh, with a buddy because it was going to be a Batman pinball, uh, Batman '89 Days, and I wanted one. <laughs> you went for one game. Yeah, I was like, that's like this is the thing. I'm gonna go, and uh, you know we were there, and it's like towards the end. And then it went for a crazy number. And like, we were just there for like 14 hours or something stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Like (laughs) what? But I learned a lot. Like I learned like how to like buy soda machines and crane machines and like get, get a route. Like, I'm like, oh man, I could be one of these guys who like, uh, starts a laundromat or, uh, you know, uh, like one of these route gigs where you just put crane games everywhere and steal people's money. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, I've learned to do this now in the 14 hours I've been sitting here because that's like what half the people are. They're like in for that kind of stuff. So you just talk to random people and they teach you. But um, yeah, 14 hours later, I came home with no Batman. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, you know, there's this Batman that's like that I was like a five hour drive away that I didn't like was in pretty good condition, but I didn't know if I want to make the drive. So it's actually quick. It was quicker for me to agree with the guy on a price, pay him, drive there, pick it up and drive home. That only took 11 hours as opposed to the 14 hours. I, I was there for the auction, but you never know. You might've saw something at the auction and been like, wow, that's coming home with me. Oh, what I did a few times is things I knew I was never going to win. I just bid on them to like bid them up. I'm like, I'm here. I might as well do something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, this guy's going hard at that Twilight Zone. Yeah. uh, Let's put another 500 on that. Sure. Why not? I had a guy um, when I bought my Grand Prix. My man, it's it's hard to say just because prices on everything has gone up. This was, I don't know, close to 10 years ago, probably a little less. Um, the guy thought he was bidding on the game next to it and it went for like $400 for a kind of broken Grand Prix. And at the time, man, this thing should have gone for like 50 bucks. And I was so mad. And he's like, oh, I'll sell it to you for what I paid. Cause he, he didn't want it. He didn't even want to take it home. He gave me like, maybe like 25 bucks off. Cause like, technically I bid him up to 400, even though it wasn't worth that. But like, I was... I was young and had my my job money. I had no responsibility, so I'm just like, fuck, $400 for a pinball machine. Let's buy it. Um, fucking asshole bidding on the wrong game. Anyway. That's, uh, that's real dumb. Yeah. I think I've told I- some arcade auction stories. I bid on a, a silent scope. I won a silent scope for like $200, and the guy was like, are, are you stupid? Why The other one over there went for like $125. And it's like, you know... 
a lot of these guys, like they're most of these auctions are for like real arcade, like actual people yeah, are going to put these guys. things on route, like not yeah. fucking collectors. Like I, I just have to say, like, yo, man, <laughs> I came or spend the literally the entire day here, and I didn't win the first style and scope. Yeah, I think I'm going to pay an extra seventy five bucks so I don't have to wait another month or two for the next auction, and then spend another day to get one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to clarify, uh, all those items I, I was bidding up, if I would have won, I, I would have paid. Um, like, And it was like in the middle of the bidding. It wasn't any, anywhere like the end. Um, I, I was hoping that the Twilight Zone would go low. It did not. I think back then it sold for like $6,000 or something dumb. Jeez. Yeah. And that it's was years ago. It's a cool game. You it is get a cool one. game. It, it's, uh, dude, I <laughs> I saw a house that I was like... I keep looking at these houses in Minnesota because uh, we're considering buying out there and maybe moving like in a couple of years. But anyways, there was this house and it had a basement. It had this alcove in it. And the guy was like, we can't take these with us. And it had three pinball machines in there. And it was Indiana Jones, Twilight Zone. And yeah, Indiana Jones isn't great. The wide body. Um, Twilight Zone Penis. and Elvira. So good. And I was, Stop it. I was just like, are you kidding me right now? The all <laughs> These three? Two of these are like two of my favorite pins. And then the other one is at least like a property I love. And like, uh, you know, people can fight me on Indiana Jones, but it's not great. So the the path of adventure isn't great. The rest of the game is great. Anyway, no one knows. No one knows about pinball stuff, Johnny. Um, we haven't talked we about talking? pinball anyway. in a long time. Like we like, I know they, they, we, we touched on for 10 minutes. We can now move on. Um, I think I, I want to see what whatnot turns into. I mean, is it convenient to sell? It seems like pro- maybe less of a hassle than actually like typing up listings and putting things on eBay. And people seem to be basically getting eBay prices. It's just in addition to just, you know, turning on your camera and, and taking your stack of shit to sell, you then also have to, I guess, promote when you're actually going to be streaming, which I don't know how that works. Like if I could just literally like say like, hey, if it's like 10 a.m., I could just say, hey, at 5 p.m., I'm turning on the camera and magically, like, a bunch of people are going to show up and buy my garbage. I'm in. I'll do what whatnot if that's the case. But if I have to, like, work myself to find an audience, it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's easier to just put this all on eBay. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's really good for sellers, especially people who are out there, like, on the hustle, you know? Like, I think it's good for them. I think they'll do well. Uh, I did consider, because I, I have, like, all my extra stuff that I offered to, like, our Patreons first. Um I was like, man, should I just like stream whatnot only for our Patreons and then uh, just move it that way? Because I'm like, I don't know how to price this. And I like, then they could just bid and then whatever is fair. And it would be like such a small group. Everything would go really low. Um, so I was, I thought about that. I don't even know how you'd set that up, Johnny, but. I would just tell our Patreons I'm doing it on this day and then. You know, I'm pretty sure you have to like get approved or something. You can't you? just like I mean, turn I'm, on the camera. It, there, I'm sure I haven't I looked into get it approved. too much. I, well, like, I know. Look, the but then caliber, other people would show up. The caliber of people who are on there um, aren't people <laughs> that I'm like, man, these are like super reputable people. I'm like, I'm sure I could find a way to get them to give me the thumbs up and be like, yeah, you could do this guy. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. I guess if you uh, if you haven't dipped your toe into the whatnot, you could download it and. Uh, Josh Hamblin of SideQuest Games, he's auctioning off an entire NES set, uh, loose Didn't set, one game it? at a time. 
No. So I thought I thought that too. I'm like, oh, okay, it's gonna be a thing. But no, because there's 700 games. It w- he would literally be there for like three days straight, just because live auctions like that take a little bit. Um, so it's broken up into 11 auctions that are happening on Saturdays and Wednesdays, I think, alphabetically. So I think like Little Samson is gonna be in mid March, and like I think Stadium Events is gonna be a little bit after that. If those are the games you're looking at. Oh, uh, you mean that that stadium event that's an honor and a privilege for him to be able to sell? Uh, probably. No, wait, was that a World Nintendo World Championships that he was talking about? I, I don't know. I just <laughs> like the one of the things he like was so he tell he was telling everybody what an honor and a privilege it was for him to be able to sell it. And uh, I threw up a lot in my mouth. Not a little, like a whole lot, and just like wanted then I like started to choke on it and I was like, that's fine, that's better than reading that ever again. Um, also the, another fascinating part about, I just, I just joined these NES auctions to see like what's going on with prices, because I figure literally every, if you have like 14 holes in your NES set and someone is auctioning literally every game and you have the chance to buy them all for quote unquote market value, like that is perfect. So all of these are going to go to collectors who want them for quote unquote market value. And I'm just like, look, I'm like, wow. Okay. Huh. Race America is a $114 game now. Okay. What? (laughs) Yeah, there there was I don't think there's a Race America on eBay right now. Wait, is he not doing this in alphabetical order? Oh, uh, no, see another hidden gem that I learned. Uh the real name of Race America is it has like a player name and like an apostrophe s. Oh. Okay. Uh, I can't even see it's Alex DeMio's Race America. It is the smallest text on planet Earth. Oh, uh, well I guess your, like all did your you, lists are bad. Everybody fix your fucking list. Um, who like did they get his sponsorship and they're like we don't. He, he didn't have a good year. Uh, they oh were my, like, he's an Activision uh, programmer. He's not a race car driver. <laughs> excellent. Oh my god. Uh, man, shout out to Alex DeMio. Man, him and Gary Kitchen, only programmers with NES games that have their names in it. It's pretty impressive. Is that are those the only two? I don't know. There's not like a another. Sid a Sid game in there anywhere. Oh, oh, Sid Meier's Pirate. Damn. All right, Johnny. New set programmers who have their names on their own games, like American okay. McGee's Alice. Yeah. Oh, dude, Let's that's a good it. set. I we'll, like that we'll, set. We're, we'll do a whole ep- episode. All right. Yeah, we got to stop giving away the, the good stuff. This would have been this would have been the awesome hidden gem though. Alex DeMio. Yeah. Alex DeMio's Race America. I mean, anyway, everyone go fix yeah, your lists. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll create the programmer list and we'll, uh, we'll do a sweet episode on it. You think there was a regular Race America and an Alex DeMio's Race America, like some kind of special edition, Johnny? Yep. I think it would be uh, pretty special if we could move on to the next part of the show. Whoa, that, that would be some kind of collector's limited... Okay. Anyways, uh, we're moving on to the other part of the show now that we're done babbling at each other, where uh, we talk about what this episode is. Tyler, we're doing an episode on the uh, like kind of the history of special editions, early special editions. So, so why don't you give us uh, and our audience the parameters that you've set up here? Johnny, I wanted to find the first special edition video game just out of my own curiosity one day. You know, you start Googling first collector's edition game first limited edition game you start going through the conversations you start going through the websites 
And I very quickly realized that no one has ever like actually put a lot of research into this. And I'm not saying we have the best research in the world. I think we've compiled enough sources and done enough of our own research that our list for like the early, early stuff is better than the other lists that are out there. But for whatever reason, this isn't something that people have looked into. So I wanted to do an episode on early limited collectors and special edition games, Johnny. Okay. Uh, specifically games that have like two distinct versions. You could buy the poor people version or you could get the limited edition version. And there's a lot of gray area. Um, we're throwing out contest cartridges, competition cartridges, big boxes, accessory bundles, gift sets, stuff with weird limited distribution. Maybe we're going to talk about some of that. There's a lot of gray area with this. But yeah, we're we're also throwing out accessory bundles. So if it came packed with a gun or anything like that or a controller, that's that's not a special edition. If it says collector's edition, limited edition, or special edition on the box, that's the stuff I want to talk about, especially the early stuff. So, yeah, I mean, and most special edition stuff, I mean, it was kind of actually pretty well defined. I, I know you were reading it off of, I think, Wikipedia, but basically, uh, junk that doesn't affect the game at all, uh, you know, collector's stuff, just tchotchkes and art books and car, like, nothing to do with the game. It doesn't enhance the game or change the game in any way, shape or form or help you play it. It's just bullshit uh, to make you feel better about spending some more money. Uh, so just to, I want to give some benchmarks here. Wikipedia's has a, an article. It's a huge list of limited and collector's edition video games uh, is probably the, it's got to be among the worst Wikipedia articles, not in terms of content. The content seems fine. It has a huge list of like random collector's editions. Half of it is an alphabetical list. And then they gave up on that. And then they, at the bottom of the article, they started listing all them by console rather than alphabetically. And I don't know if there's duplication or whatever. It seems like just a work in progress that's been going on for years. And like they have dates for all the games from A through C and then halfway through C, they just stop doing dates. And then from D on, you, there's no date. It's a fucking mess. Anyway, the earliest game on that list, I'm pretty sure is Sonic Adventure Limited Edition from 1999. Oh, that's pretty early. Wait, no. <laughs> so, out of uh, all the, the public editors on Wikipedia, that's the first one they could come up with. Uh, CollectorsEdition.org, a website specifically that tracks collectors editions. If you sort their database by date, the first one that comes up is Mist Desktop Edition, which they have listed as 1993 because that's when Mist came out. The Mist Desktop Edition came out in 1998. Uh, I'd say both of those dates are are pretty. So finding a special edition before 1993 is pretty hard. That's kind of when they first started and then towards the late 90s uh, especially with things like zelda ocarina of time collector's edition uh and the playstation collector's editions that's when we really started seeing that becoming more of a common thing uh so i spent a lot of my time looking for stuff that came before 1993 and johnny there isn't a lot no there there sure isn't um i do want to also throw out um just like another caveat on like because people are going to be like what about this like uh an example we'll just use real quick a uh, gauntlet for the N64 with the pewter figure that does not anywhere list on it that it's a collector's edition or special edition. It's just a thing that they added to the game. Yes, 
uh, by the definitions of like, doesn't add anything to the game. Yeah, but the box doesn't call it that. And we're looking very specifically where the box tells you this is a collector's edition. Um, same with like the micro machines, same with like, uh, you know, uh, rampage, all this stuff. Those aren't like retailer variants aren't necessarily collector's edition. It has to say collector's edition or special edition on the box. That was, uh, that, that's the key here. So if you're like, what about this thing? Check the box. If it doesn't say it, uh, then we weren't considering it. Also, we, this is not a complete list. This is uh, us doing a, a brief look in and get it, giving you an idea of what the special editions are. So it, it is no way a holistic list, even though I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like once you get to the mid '90s, it's there's so much weird stuff on the edge, and Japan is like its whole different world. We'll talk about it. I mean, and PAL, like, and we do look at a lot of that, and then computer stuff. Like, it's just the the world is a big place, and uh, the '90s and mid-90s aren't well represented on the internet so we're doing the best we can i feel man john there should be like a book on this stuff like someone should have tracked this i know there's collectorsedition.org like there's there's some of these sites that like track collectors editions but they're more interested in keeping up with collectors editions going forward which man that what a challenge how could anyone even think about doing that at this point in time that but man, someone needs to just like research all this garbage from the 80s that no one cares about and just like go over the history of like uh, does anyone care? No one care. What are we talking about? Johnny, we're starting with the 1970s. 1978, maybe? Yeah, 78. That's uh, Superman. Uh, Superman. Is that Did that come out in 78 or did that come out in 79? I thought it was 78. All right. I'm not going to look it up. I know that uh, Casino or Backgammon, one of these came out in 78. Um, and then Basic Programming. Johnny, there is a set of weird Atari 2600 games that have this black special edition banner in the bottom right corner for no reason. It means absolutely nothing. It did not come with any special thing. They're not good games. Basic programming and backgammon, these are not special editions. It's almost like, shit, Tom over here just made a backgammon game. How the fuck are we gonna sell that? I don't put special edition on it. Got it. Uh that's all a correction. Can. Superman is 79. I just double checked. Sorry. Okay. But um, uh, yeah, um, backgammon, special edition. Now, you said it doesn't change anything, but that seems crazy, Tyler. What, like, think about it for a minute and just tell me what's special about it. So, if you really want to be technical, I don't think this was intentional. Those are the first releases of those games because I think they were all released later and they didn't have the special edition badge anymore. But it doesn't mean anything. And maybe, like, I want to say there's a world where they're like, oh, these are the first editions for collectors. They're the special editions. One, <laughs> no one's going to want to collect Backgammon and Casino. And... Two, like, video games barely even exist in 1978. The concept of them being collectible is the most insane shit on planet Earth. So I think it was just a marketing gimmick. I mean, especially with, like, basic programming and backup. Like, Superman, you're like, okay, well, Superman's a thing. And, like, okay. Like, my modern, my you know, my brain that's attached to the modern world. I'm like, yeah, I can see why Superman. But then you start to, like, try to justify backgammon or basic programming, and it all falls off a cliff for me. I, I cannot do it. Like, Superman has its own thing going on because it also came with the wallet. 
Um, yeah. So if you don't know, Superman, uh, the first game to ever have a pack in, it was packed in the first versions of the game, as far as I know, were packed in with this like shitty little wallet. And the wallet like wasn't even exclusive to Atari. There were other ways you could get the wallet. Um, but the first version in the bottom right, it actually covers the part that says special edition. It says like inside or strapped to the back of the box, there's a wallet. But then it was also re-released as the special edition without the wallet. So just having special edition doesn't mean that's the version that came with the wallet. Which is crazy. This sucks. I, w I wanted to like find like some great special edition like, oh man, some computer game from 1980 included a, a collector's coin or something. No, it, it's just a marketing gimmick from Atari is the first special edition. We got these uh, Apollo's wallets in the Superman. You think we could uh, maybe bundle these together and get them out of here? Like, <laughs> you, like we already bought the Superman license. Shouldn't that be enough to sell the game? Man, Superman must have been a big game. Yeah, I mean, wow. Think about like the power of Superman back then. Like Superman carried a lot more weight back then. So, uh, anyway, well, Zack Snyder hadn't got his hands on it yet. I mean, some people like Snyderverse. You, you want to fight those guys? I'm not interested. I really enjoy the Watchmen movie, Johnny. I really uh, enjoy the Watchmen movie, too. People are like, it's too frame by frame. I'm like, that's what I liked about it. it but I mean, then, but it's then the ending's all weird and yeah. not the same. But anyway. No, well, I mean, the <laughs> ending of Watchmen is weird in the comic, and it's weird it in the, for movie. the movie. I don't even remember. How does the movie end? I don't even remember how the movie ends. Uh... It doesn't end with squid monsters or whatever. It does not end with a giant fucking squid. <laughs> that That is for sure. Uh, and there's a bunch of special editions of it, which I love that they did, like, so many special editions. Special editions? Like, yeah. And, like, the or director's cuts and then added, like, the Black Freighter and stuff. And, yeah, it was yeah, super cool. Loved all that. That Was that was that when Blu-rays first came out? Because I remember, yeah. like, like oh, like, this is so cool. The Black Freighter part is just added into the Watchmen movie. And then I watched, like, the motion comic. We could buy, like, the entire Watchmen motion comic on DVD or something or Blu-ray. Yeah. Man, physical media used to wild. be cool, Johnny. And now I'd just be, I'd see that on Netflix. I'm like, I'm not going to watch an entire comic book. What are you crazy? Uh, yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> pass <laughs> nice effort though uh anyways so uh yeah these are the dumbest of all special editions because um there's not there's nothing to compare it against that makes it special it's ridiculous um, um let's talk prices uh the prices are whatever the fuck these games go for because there's no difference uh I think Superman's expensive now just because it's Superman. It's like 40, like a 70, oh, 40, 40, really? 40. Okay. Like you can find it for as low as 40 to as high. I mean, I saw one for 29, but it was beat to shit or, you know, as high as like 115, especially if you get the one that mentions the wallet on it. Like even without the wallet, even if you get the one with the wallet sticker, that one's going to cost you more. Yeah, that one has definitely gone for hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Cause I've tried to get one and I just, after seeing the prices lately, I'm just like, you know what? I don't need the Superman wallet that bad. I mean, one with the wallet went for, you saw one sell with the wallet. Uh, yeah, this, oh, this wow. is within the past like couple years, but I mean, I maybe it was like three to $500. Am I remembering? Was it thousands? Like, I don't even remember. Like video games could sell for like $1,500 and I'd be like, oh, there's another game. It's not like shocking anymore. Yeah. Um, is there a Superman? Is there a Superman black box? Shut up, Johnny. I'm pretty sure there is. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's definitely rare. Uh, if you talk to someone like uh, Josh Byerly, they'll be like, oh, this Atari Superman's bullshit. Get the real version. Get the telegames. Yeah. Uh, I, you mean black box. Don't don't fuck it up. 
Don't talk about Sears telegames. Let's talk about the black box edition, which is the real special version of this game. It is the blue box. Actually, the real special edition. If you really want to get into it, the picture label of Superman uh, on Atari is the rare one. I forgot. What is it? There's one that has uh, red text and one that has yellow text. What it's the oh is it the telegames yeah it's the, the telegames tele- yeah the Sears tele-games. telegames with the yellow Superman text is the rarest Superman game it's like one of the Grails of Atari. Grails. There's a, a yellow telegames one uh, on eBay right now, um, just the manual and uh, the cart. It's already at sixteen dollars. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Am I uh, all right? Hold on. Am I am I misremembering this? I mean, this it's, is we're th- this so is off bids. course right now. This is bids. It's, and it's the only one listed like this. Nope, there's one. No, that one, that's not the picture label. So there's this oh. is the text label, the one with the picture oh. labels, the super rare one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so th- it's weird that there is, there's um, a non-telegames picture label there and a non-telegames text label and then the telegames picture label and the telegames text label as well. Like, yeah, Atari what, variants what? are a nightmare. What a surprise. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we started from the get-go just with no consistency to anything. Yeah. There's like, oh, we need to spin up another 10,000 games. Uh, let me make a new label real quick. Yeah. Well, what, are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. All <sighs> right. Let's uh, let's stop talking about Atari now that we've lost all our listeners, Johnny. Yeah. And move on to a real special edition game. If you want to tell me what the first real special edition, not just some marketing gimmick Oh, the first real one? You mean like Power Strike? Definitely not a marketing gimmick. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't resemble the Atari games in any way, shape, or form, right? So Power Strike is for the uh, oh my god, the Sega Master System, but it was a mail order, and it says it's a special edition. It's described that, but it's the only it's the only version of the game, at least in America. And the box is like uh, it's not black and white, but it's like blue and white. Uh, because Jenna, it's, it's because so special, Sega. they didn't even want to pay for color printing yeah. for the insert. It's super boring looking, and Power Strike is like a pretty well regarded game, and it's hard to get, and it's kind of rare. Um, and they they did it dirty, but they called it a special edition to I don't know make you more interested uh, in their shitty mail order game. Uh, I mean, not that the game is bad particularly, but a, a shitty process, I should say. Yeah, I just saw a picture of all the different versions of Power Strike from around the world. and All better. <laughs> like, they all got a color box, except for us with our special edition. Uh, to be clear, how this is a special edition, I, I, I'm looking right now. I swear on the on the little, uh, like, the mail-away thing that you pre-ordered it from, it called it a special edition. Yeah. But uh, on the back of the Power Strike box, if you read it, it says like presenting Sega's first special edition game. And I saw that. I'm like, oh, this is going in the episode. It's Sega's first special edition game. First one. Hooray. Uh, yeah. Power Strike. It's rare. What's that worth? It's like a $300 game for complete uh, I mean, box. At, at least. Every time I, by the way, every time I say prices on the show now, I'm completely going off the dome with no regard for anything. Cause I don't know how anything works anymore. <laughs> Uh, you know what's a shame is that we didn't get Power Strike Two, uh, which we should also a very rare Master System game. Like it's also part of the uh, less serious, right? That's that's it's like its big claim. Uh, hey, three fifteen, uh, yeah, you got it. It's like around three hundred dollars. Um, there, you did it, Tyler. You you nailed the pricing on. That. I'm on the game value now. It looks closer to two hundred. Uh, well, but- you're looking at the, I'm looking at open auctions that are. Oh, all right. 
Yeah, that here's seems one more sold. Shirt. Here sold by Joan Bone two seventy. Uh, December thirtieth, another one sold for two ninety. Um, here's one that sold for five hundred. Here's one that sold for one hundred and twenty four, but it's European. Um, so that doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. All right. So hold on. Since you brought up Joan Bone, um, yeah. and he sold one for two seventy. I want to talk about the Joan Bone bump real quick, Johnny. Okay. I am looking for a Warcraft battle chest. I'm going to sort by highest price because this didn't happen that long ago. Joan Bone sold a week ago a Warcraft two battle chest for one thousand fifty dollars. Uh, wow. Sealed. Um, it's the Warcraft two battle chest. Also, I don't think it's the first edition of the battle chest not that anyone cares if you don't know like once warcraft 2 was getting a little long in the tooth uh, blizzard did this a lot they bundled in warcraft 1 with it and sold it as a budget pack so you'd like see this in walmart you would see the diablo 2 battle chest in walmart for years after diablo 2 was relevant um so it is crazy to see one of these budget packs uh sell for a thousand dollars that that is pretty crazy. Uh, to take us back to Power Strike, there was one that sold <laughs> this year for one hundred eighty eight dollars. But uh, you know, Joan Bone gets a bump also because he's a collector and a reputable seller online. Like when you look at, I mean, people go back when they save a seller that like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he that's that's repeat business and so you know, quality. He, he upgrades a lot and sells yeah. like his undercopies, but his undercopies they were, they were like already in his collection. So they were like good copies of the game. So I'm always trying to get like, I missed a, a resident evil long box. That's a game I want. Uh, he had one for a hundred bucks I and he was know, like, Oh, I messaged you about it. <laughs> He's like, Oh, it's in very good condition, which on the condition scale is pretty low, but looking at him like, oh, sure. looks acceptable for me. I'm kind of poor. Yeah. Uh, I messaged you, I, but to make you feel better, it was missing the manual. Oh, all right. I would have got a manual for it. There's probably a loose manual. Uh, I, I looked I looked a ton, I like, because he told me he was going to sell it, and I think I have an extra manual for it, and I looked all over for my manual because I was going to uh, buy it for you and send it to you as a gift, and then I couldn't find the manual, and I was like, Tyler's so picky, he doesn't want to get shit without the manual now, and I don't want to just send him that, so I did all not. All right. I'll get it. You know what, Johnny? Uh, turns out Resident Evil is not a rare game. I will get one eventually. You mean it's one of the most popular games on the PlayStation 1 ever? Uh, that's true. But you know what? Uh, really hard to find the long box sealed, and I don't want it sealed. So uh, oh. everyone sealed will go collect something else, I guess. Yeah. Um, can, you, can you maybe move us on and tell me yeah. about uh, some real... Some real special editions. Take me to that place that only Tyler can go. Uh, I call that place Japan and uh, those games Famicom. So uh, tell me more about them. No, Johnny. I no. I, I just got a new book about uh, like Famicom collector's editions. I don't even know what this book is called. It's on Amazon, but it's all in Japanese. I don't even remember the name of it. It's just on like limited edition Famicom games. But I wouldn't call any of these limited editions. So a lot in Japan... Um, a lot of this stuff is called not for sale, which just means there was some special way of getting for uh, getting it. And I don't want to count things that you got from like a contest or a magazine giveaway. And that's a lot of this junk. Um, there is one I will bring up as an example. It's Chojin Ultra Yaku Baseball uh, Limited Edition. It has a little star flash on the box that does call it a limited edition. And it comes with a phone card, Johnny. 
That's oh, 1989. So the only reason I brought this up is because that is technically the earliest thing that I found called a limited edition that comes with something special. It comes with a phone card. Okay. Um, and I, so uh, this, this list has been in our episode doc for, I don't know, like a year, maybe I've been casually adding to this list as time goes on. Um, and I've looked for that game a few times and it hasn't been on Yahoo. So I think it is pretty rare. If you want a stupid baseball game that you're probably going to spend like a hundred dollars on. Woo. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. The early part of this list is not very exciting. No, the uh, the 70s to the 90s, pretty piss poor. It's like it's like video games didn't know that they were that they needed to like change their marketing to make people just buy shit they didn't need. <laughs> Do you think they they figured that out now, Johnny? Uh, <laughs> Can well, you think I mean, of any some... companies that maybe have taken advantage of that situation? Uh, special Reserve, limited run game, strictly limited. I don't know. This is just a few. Uh, oh, also Capcom, Nintendo, Konami. Yeah, all of them. Man, uh, you know what? Th- this is why this is the most collectible stuff, because uh, if it says collector's edition on it, it's a bullshit collectible. Not Johnny. collectible. Uh, uh, let me talk about something I am excited about, Johnny, that I've already brought up on the show. I'm excited because I serendipitously found this. Uh, that baseball game on Famicom was 1989. Uh, and I've been I've been asking people, I've been begging people to send me uh, collector's edition stuff, limited edition stuff you could find before 1990, because there's so there's so few games that identify themselves as that. But 1990, Johnny, if you pre-ordered Ultima Six directly from Origin Systems, they would send you a copy of the game that was signed on the box by Lord British and Dennis Lobet Lobey. Dennis Lobey, we're going to say it French-like. Um, inside the box, it came with a 45-minute audio tape of just uh, Richard Garriott talking about the history of Ultima. Most importantly, Johnny, it comes with a litter, a little letter inside the box that said something like, you are holding the special edition of Ultima 6. And I'm like, yeah, whoa! 1990 this game just called itself a special edition it's literally hand signed by the guy who made the ultima series it comes with a special feely cassette this is a fucking special edition you did i was it. so excited when i found out that ultima 6 came out in 1990 uh, do you want a high five real quick or yeah yeah oh, love it did it uh, that's uh we, we <laughs> high-fived that was me i did it for us it's hard. I've been, I guess I've been buying games so long. It's hard for me to think of a time when, like, there wouldn't be, like, some special fancy version of a game. So, you know, I just, you just figure, like, you go back, oh, you know, big box PC games. Of course, there would have to be, like, special editions and variants and stuff like that. But, uh, there's just not a lot. Ultima 6 seems like the first one. There's probably something earlier. Please refute me. Send me something earlier, guys. Yeah, please. If you know more special editions or collector's editions, but they have to be called those things specifically on the box, please, please tell us. Man, I, there's a one on the list I can't wait to get to, but it's not till 1994. But uh, there, there was another special edition, and this one, you know, you see this on like some of the bigger like European collector sites uh, or collectors, like their Instagrams. And it's pretty cool, and it's the Lucky Dime Caper Limited Edition. Um, 
And it, it's probably the first one we're actually seeing where like limited editions are starting to figure out that they should put a bunch of bullshit in the box. Um, <laughs> you know, so this one, uh, it comes with the game and it comes with a cassette. Are you excited about the cassette? I mean, I'm excited about the ultimate cassette. This one comes in a much a nicer box. box though. This yes. is a, such a good box. It's so, and it's, it comes with a shirt. Don't forget the shirt. I just want to say it's a black box with a black embossed Sega logo. So it's black on black, which just immediately makes something look like the classiest shit in the world. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that's it's how like, analog does their boxes. Like, oh, man, does that look high? Man, cool. it's got it's got like nice art on the spine. It's got one of those fancy pull tabs for you to open the box. Like you look at this thing and like it looks premium. You're like, yeah, this is I'm doing it. The the game comes in like a little box. Like you're just it says not to be sold separately on it got some posters in there the the tape is is music guys i just want to let you know that's music so don't get to us it, it's like all perfectly packed in this like little box too it, it's so good did you say what game this is lucky dime caper donald yeah. duck's lucky so dime donald caper. duck lucky time caper yeah. before i looked into like the kind of bullshit that came before this this was always in my mind like the first limited edition uh, just seems like such a strange game to get such an extravagant release. Um, I've never played it though, so I don't know. Maybe it deserves it. Maybe, but yeah, it's the box really, sure is sweet. Really fancy. It is fancy. Um, oh man, it, it looks it's expensive too and hard to find. So uh, if you're really after that one, uh, have a good have a good time searching for it. Uh, I'm just on some random blog. Uh, someone from 2014 said the last one sold for 487 pounds. Uh, so t- let's say 2014 pounds. What is that? Like six, $700 something, maybe even more. It was that. I think, I don't know. I want to say it was like one, the Euro or the, uh, the pound was stronger then. Um, yeah. So might've, might've been so- like 1.5 to, uh, to a dollar, maybe a yeah. little more. All right. So let's say it was, it was $750 or something. In 2014, like a video game for $750 is like out of control insanity. So yeah. that's how uh, that's how long this game's been collected. Oh, for. the exchange rate, the average exchange rate, that was 1.65. So, Ooh. yep. Uh, just ignore that. When you're buying from uh, the UK, just pretend it's one to one. Makes it easier to buy stuff. Yeah, you just uh, don't do that. Don't you will you will feel sad pretty quickly after doing that. Um, Okay, what what else is on our list? We got a lot of stuff. All right, that was 1991. So going into 1993, we start to well, see... You forgot like, 1992. There had to be... No? Never mind. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, 1993, we start seeing, like, the first, like, beyond this really obscure European Lucky Dime Caper thing, we got uh, the seventh guest special edition for PC... Uh, this was another one I saw a forum. It was on one of these collector's edition collector's sites, like people who just collect special editions, and they had decided that this was the first real special edition. The seventh guest is a, uh, what is what do you call it? Like a real motion video adventure game. And it was a huge deal at the time because just like the technology of this game, it's like one of those dragon lair moments, like, whoa, the game is real. I mean, pores like me who didn't have computers knew about Seventh Guest and like played it or saw it. So like that—that's what it's, it's. I'm not it's gonna like say one it of my first. Ex- pu- it, 
It obviously just, wasn't as popular as Mist, but it's one of those games that was just fucking everywhere, and it was on shelves forever. And if you go on on like if you just typed in PC big box in eBay, like one in every twenty fifth game would be a copy of the Seventh Guest. Yeah. Um, but the special edition came in a book shaped box. We've talked about this on the show before, and I love it. Literally music. looks like a hardcover book, uh, and it comes with like a making of VHS tape. And the VHS, I think it says this on the box too, the VHS calls it the special edition video, making the game. And the VHS of it, this VHS comes with a lot of other copies of 7th Guest that come in big boxes. So maybe every version of the 7th Guest big box is a special edition, if you think about it. I mean, the VHS should be the most important part of the game because it's 2022. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I bet that that's getting a big bump if you're finding those sealed now, right? How long... How long before um, uh, high-end VHS markets get a hold of that and turn it into something that looks like cancer on Instagram? I don't like. I bet it would not be hard right now to go find a sealed seventh guest, guest VHS. I mean, and also, it, I got speculators, like a, spec market, get out there, buy it, make that money. Just saying. This is. I think this is pretty rare. I think I've looked for one a couple times and I've never found one. And I like I know a couple European collectors who have these, which makes me wonder if it only came out in Europe. Moby Games says that this specific version came out in both the U.S. and the U.K. I've never seen one. Anyway, I haven't seen cool. it either, and it's been on my list forever. And you got that other cool seventh guest thing though, the double pack with what the eleventh hour. Yep. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, Two big boxes together, man. That is a really big box. Yep. Super super fat. It's nice. Love it. Uh, um, all right. Why don't you talk about your uh, your fake one that's coming? Oh, wait. No, I got... I put... This is this is stupid. So, Mist, the OEM version. So, in 1993, Mist came out. And w there are computers where if you bought the computer, you would just get Mist. Because they wanted to make sure everybody who lived through the 90s owned a copy of Mist in some form. Uh, so, certain computers that came with Mist had it called... It was called, like, Mist Special Edition... But all that meant was like it was a free version that came with your computer. So it wasn't very special, but I thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, well. Thanks for talking about that non-special. It says it's a special edition. It's literally like $5. It's completely worthless. Go get one. Early special edition. Very collectible. Man, are you ready? Are you ready for me to tell you about this? Because I, I don't even have good information on it. I'm ready. Um, Man, I, I should have... I should have looked a little harder, but um, there's actually like I don't actually think this is a special edition. I'm just bringing it up because I don't know where else to put it, and I, I wanted to just throw it out there uh, because there's not a lot of it's not a lot on this. It, it it's a stupid plastic box that holds Illusion of Gaia and also a shirt. That's it. Great. That like there's not. I think it was, was it a Nintendo Power promo? Like, you could buy it from them. So, yeah, it's in, like, this plastic clamshell that it's, like, one of those terrible ones that you have to, like, almost destroy to open. I mean, it's got some tabs, but it's just, it's the worst. Um, I, I don't think this is a special edition. What do you what do you think? I'm going to say no. It's just a uh, pack-in bundle type deal. So, it 
You know what? It's it was not an. You know what? Power thing. If it was it, meant for collectors, the packaging wouldn't be such dog shit. So no, it's not a collector. Yeah. So this is. It says bonus. It's a bonus item. So yeah, take it off the list. It's not on there. And I'm just checking because uh, Rare Bucky has one for sale with a receipt from Target. So wasn't an a Nintendo Power thing. So there you what's go. the price? Uh, oh, he's got it for fifteen hundred dollars. No, it's not bad. Nope, comes it's with Stephen the receipt. Stephen a new shirt. Too. Um. Yeah, it was bought for $17.50. Great. Yeah. Good return uh, on investment. Yeah, good ROI. <laughs> Talk about your other 16-bit bullshit, Johnny. Okay, so here's <laughs> another one. But this one, like, you, let's make the call on this. And what do you guys think? So the X-Men for the Genesis has two versions I mean, it's probably got more than that if you're getting into the minutia, but uh, two really blatant cover variants. One that's just uh, an X-Men game, and the other one, which comes and states like over the art and looks horrible with a giant blue bubble, but it says special edition poster included. So that makes it a special edition to me. It's like this poster is a special edition. Now this game is the special edition because only this version has this poster. Okay, I- so does the poster being special edition make the game special edition well i don't know are we taking the, the special items, edition properties of an interior object and putting it to the exterior object here Does the that only work? the only well the usually the items are what make it a special edition we just talked about how backgammon and basic computer program don't have anything therefore they're not a special edition <laughs> this thing has something that calls itself a special edition so i'm saying yes the transient property of uh, special <laughs> posters uh d- does thusly imbue the the x-men with uh, special mutant edition powers I'm going to need a mathematician to make a ruling on it. Also, uh, if you if you're not clear, uh, this is basically the point where it becomes impossible to really make a distinction on if you really want to count something as a special edition. Uh, this this X-Men variant that includes the special edition poster, which it does say special edition right there, is not going to show up on any list of special editions. Anywhere. But it should. But is it? Yes. <laughs> If you wanted the special edition poster, how would you get it? You'd have to buy this version of the game. This version is unique. You might even say it's special. You're right, John. Uh, it just comes in a regular clamshell box, though, to be yep. clear. I, mean, I don't think anyone was wondering. It's actually that. the uglier version. It's the it's the ugliest version of it. It's like that horrible bubble. You're just like, what were you thinking with this? Anyways. Uh, Johnny, I think that the next three games we have coming up are all pretty exciting, and I will say important special editions in the grand scheme of video games becoming more of a collectible kind of thing. I I want to talk about number 12. All right. 1994. All three of these are from 1994. Wing Commander 3 Heart of the Tiger Premiere Edition. This is another game when... This one's pretty cool, actually. Absolutely, yes. Um, when you Google first video game collector's edition, you will see this game pop up. Uh, so, uh, wing commander three, I'm, I'm guys, it's a wing commander game, which is a a cinematic space game. Uh, it's claim to fame is that it has a ton of live action footage. It stars Mark Hamill. It's great for furries because there's, there's a furry guy just like space balls. Um, you're just bringing up furries all of a sudden in this episode. (laughs) This is a kid's show, buddy. The premiere edition comes in a fake 35 millimeter film can. 
Um, which is just, it's so cool because they're like, hey, this game is a fucking movie. And like that, that is a big selling feature of the game, which I think makes that uh, really cool. Another thing I learned recently because I'm really dumb, the the film can is not the packaging. There's actually a thin, shitty box that goes over the film can. That's even harder to find. Um, There's uh, one on eBay, but it's Japanese. No, get 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 that out of there. Uh, but inside inside the the fake film can, it comes. It just comes with the game. It comes with a T-shirt. It comes with the making of thing. It comes with all the regular special edition tchotchkes. This reminds me of. Uh, Did you tell him what's in the the film case? What's in the film case? What do you mean? Isn't the VHS in the film case? Oh, is it a VHS? I thought it was a, a CD-ROM. What are you talking uh, about? I thought it was a. I, maybe well, you're probably looking at one on eBay. Here's great research in the show. Let's. Uh... Oh no, it, it it is the CD-ROM. So there's a VHS okay. that comes with it. All right, I was I I went insane for a second. Forgive me. What is there a VHS in there? Um. Thought so. Or maybe that's not a VHS. The interactive movie. No, it's a VHS. No, interactive movie is what they call the game. Oh, is that just the long? Oh, it's the making of. The making of. Whoa, okay. You're looking at this Japanese thing. What's going on here? This comes with like a book. Did all this come with the American edition? It, I mean, it says this <laughs> is the Japanese edition, but this is like, all this is in English. This is all like, everything is set up as an English. It comes English with a edition. calendar? Man, there's no way all the, look at the look at the size of that film can. There's no way a VHS is gonna fit in there no, with no, like it, a it, four it was, disc game and all this no, stuff. It, no, it was it's CDs. I I was I went insane. I I flipped through too quickly. Yeah, right. And hey, we're look doing up, look world, up the contents before you buy one. Uh, we uh we we are talking about globally, so this is a fair thing to talk about, Tyler. You're you're correct, Gianni. Um, that's all I got to say about Wing Commander Three, though. It's awesome. Like it's an awesome one. Like if you, if you are into uh, this, I like. I don't know how much they go for right now, but it is free. What do you got, Johnny? You got you got something everybody knows about and loves to collect. Okay. One of those games that everybody looks at a shelf and they're like, "Oh, they're one of those collectors because they got this, this game." Okay, this is my favorite because it, it's got two. Okay. We're talking about Maximum Carnage. Okay, so it's a special edition. There's the QVC version, which just, if you've seen the box, you're like, well, where does it say it's a special edition, Johnny? If you open it up and you look at, there's a, a little tag that comes with it. It talks about being a special edition. It says, like, limited, like, I'll, I'll get the exact wording. Uh, this certificate that... This 1994 Maximum Carnage box set is part of a limited edition series of 5,000 created to meet the Marvel Comics high quality standards. Uh, and it comes with some pins, and it comes with a comic book, and that little that little uh, note. And that's and the game, of course. And it comes in this like outrageous box, and the, that like you've seen on collector shelves. There's a Super Nintendo version and a Genesis version, and you're like, okay, cool, yeah, that's the that's the special edition of Maximum Carnage. Until you realize that the Super Nintendo and the Genesis also have the red cart version, and it's got a little badge on it, uh, 100% on the uh, Super Nintendo one. It says, special, limited edition, no! red cartridge. <laughs> oh, man, there's two levels here. Yeah, cool, right? Uh, all right. Yeah. Is, it, is this the first multi-level limited edition, Johnny? I think so. Yeah, this is them <laughs> pumping out. It's like... You know, like, well, we can't just give this to the QVC people. We gotta, 
we got to get this out there for everybody. So. Wow. Maybe this is this is uh, another historic step forward in video game collector's edition bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I like this a lot. I also like that it was sold from like a special retailer and they like limited the number and there was only one little way to get it. It reminds me of like the predecessor of limited run games. Uh, thanks. <laughs> My uh, my absolute favorite part of this one is that so it comes with that little card that says like this is a special limited run of 5000 and it's not clear if it's 5000 Genesis and Super Nintendo or if it's 5000 combined. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's 5000 combined cuz why like the book is there too. They probably yeah, aren't going to like that. lie about the print run of the book, but anyway, what are these going for now? Like uh, $1000? Um, I, the last one sold for like 850 and oh, right. always, always condition, uh, dependent. And yeah, I just want to confirm, uh, it does also, there's the Genesis version that says, uh, special limited edition red cartridge. It's got a little sticker on it. So, uh, it is on both. And I made a mistake with the X-Men. I said, it's like a blue bubble, but it's a, it's a green bubble. Just FYI. Okay. Um, does this, is this missing the certificate of authenticity? No, it's there. All right. I mean, 850. The box is in a little bit rough shape. That doesn't all, seem as great, considering how much games have gone up the past couple of years. I feel like it that's seems like a deal. Like still, it's right? double what it used to be. So sure. I mean, not really, because that was points where it was selling for like seven hundred dollars a few years back when it was like a hotter item. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like for some reason, the market hasn't caught up on this one, which is crazy to me because this is like. The exact kind of bullshit they should love. And it's like crossover between comics. Right. And get, like there's and it's like I've it's seen... not even just Spider-Man. It's like very specifically a story that people love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, Actually, it, I don't know. Is Maximum Car- uh, is, I don't know what like Carnage people, is. I mean, there was. See, I don't know anything. There was a Carnage. whole thing because there was like so many comics made. Like Maximum Carnage was a weird time in the Spider-Man books. Okay. All right. See, but just, people love Carnage. Agree. People love Carnage. They love Venom. And this was like. Also, what a great name, Maximum Carnage. Like, come on. Get with pretty it. pretty good. Um, I think the box is pretty cool and distinctive. Definitely one of those games like Earthbound, I look and I'm like, oh, you're one of those those collector-y guys who has the collector games because you've got a Maximum Carnage sitting on your shelf. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, you can't go wrong. Johnny, Maximum I'm going to talk Carnage. about... Uh, this is one of your game. favorites. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. This is another one. I kind of keep an eye out for this one when I'm looking at people's gents and stuff. I'm like, oh, they got the Mario Lemieux. Okay, question. Where does it tell me it's a special edition? Oh, I took a picture of it. <laughs> okay, I took a picture of it because well, I thought it's a special first ex- bo- uh, edition, but it didn't. No, it's a special bonus. But talk to people what it is. Tell tell people okay. what it is, and then we'll fight about it. Uh, Mario Lemieux Hockey on Sega Genesis. It's a hockey game. I have no idea what it is, because it's not NHLPA, and it's not NHL 94, and those are the only hockey games I know. I know Mutant League Hockey, too. There's too many fucking sports games on the Genesis, but... That's that's not actually true. It's oh, like the numbers are pretty comparable to the Genesis. Genesis does have more, but it's not... The difference isn't as much as you think. Then you also have to weigh what you consider a sports game and what you don't, so... Johnny, one can only play so many hockey games in their life That's and keep them straight, even if you played them all. Um, anyway, so it comes with the regular version of the game, and then it comes in a big box version of the game that comes with a hockey puck. And so the big box is this. Which is like also this, includes the regular box. Yeah. 
It's got the regular box inside it, and then it's made. It's like one of these boxes that is made of like tissue paper cardboard, and there's a a a card a piece of cardboard that holds up a puck to the center of the box where there's a cutout. It's a little window, and you actually see and touch the puck inside. I think it's really cool, Johnny. You think it's really cool? I think I it's cool too. But I, are we calling it a special edition? I'm calling it a special edition. This is very clearly like you could get the stupid version of the game or you could get the version of the game that comes with a puck. It's not coming with like a controller or an accessory. It's coming with just a, some bullshit for it, collectors. It is. Like I would call it that too, but we're not going to call other things that are in the exact same vein. Gauntlet with the pewter figure, same exact bullshit, but doesn't say. But this one mm. does have the word special on it. So I'm like halfway there, but I think I'm going to rule in favor. No. Oh, right. like all, right. all right. You like all my right. confusing wording? I'm going to rule in favor. No. Yeah. By the rules of all the, the later stuff that does just come with some junk. Fine. I still think it's worth mentioning because it is like still early 90s. There's not a lot of this stuff yet. Well, and I, I think and there's a game we missed that's in this kind of same vein. Uh, more of an accessory, but not really. Uh, it's the Carmen Sandiego's. Uh, where in the world and where where in time is Carmen Sandiego for both the Genesis and the Super Nintendo? There's also the NES one, but the the Johnny, NES Apple one is, is the only II. one. Apple II. About yeah. Apple II. I'm not going to talk about the Apple PC. II. I mean, gonna... if you wanted to talk about that, you should have been talking about it in 1989 when it came out. <laughs> And it came with an almanac, you know, um, what's the other one come with? One comes with the almanac, one comes with uh, an encyclopedia. Um, they are kind of needed to play the game, but they did sell editions without them. So I'll... Are you I'll, really collecting a 1989 almanac or whatever? Not really. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just I in the same vein as Mario Lemieux. I'm just mentioning them because both versions were out there, I believe. They were sold independently on the Genesis and on the Super Nintendo, uh, maybe on the Apple IIc as well. You'll have to have looked that one up. Bring up they they came with this extra thing that you you kind of needed. I would consider it more of an accessory, but anyways, I'm just talking about Johnny. It because if they I were was like a big box. if I was writing the article on what is a collector's edition, I would include all of this and I would try to let the reader decide what they want to include. But yeah, by our rules, I'll say Mario Lemieux shouldn't count. Mario Lemieux, and I also think that these don't count. Uh, but I wanted to mention them just like you want to mention Mario Lemieux. So I'm just yeah. bringing it back. All right. Uh, here's another one that uh, is Oh, wait, Johnny. Uh, I do want to mention a uh, hundred of the pucks were signed on the back. Uh, which is confusing because the front is signed. And the like front has a fake signature and the back, a hundred of them supposedly have a real signature. Uh, who was it like Cart McGinn? Someone said they had a signed puck, but they weren't sure if it was like one of these signed pucks. Someone I know sure. I thought. Either, either knew of a puck or had a puck. It's either Kurt McGinn or like uh, video game collectaholic, right? Because uh, <laughs> these are the sure. guys. <laughs> sure. Um, the other thing, uh, uh, Johnny, this is kind of rare. I, I noticed when I went looking for prices, none on eBay, none in Souls. And it's always been kind of rare. but I It's mean, always it's... been kind of hard to find. The box is really flimsy. Uh, it's not well padded either. So like this puck comes in this little holder, but the box is like... It's just not weighted well, um, and the box has a cutout, so the center of it is easily collapsible. Uh, it's also big and cumbersome, so it's like going to get crushed. And it has uh, a cardboard hang tab, right? Yeah. No, no, it doesn't have a hang tab. <laughs> it, it doesn't? Does it? 
I don't think it does. God, if it does, that's the worst. Um, right, we're I'll going, go we're going back to the thing, Johnny. I'm not going to. All right. You want to go look at yours? Do you want me to get up and go look at mine? Uh, it's two feet away. All right, go get it. Tyler is wrong. No hang tab. God, we're cutting that all from the show. Then. <laughs> I'm all right. sorry. All right. Moving on further down the list. Um, let's talk about let's talk about this one because this one is weird, uh, and it's a pal game, and it's right, uh, probably not- just skip it if it's a pal game. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, let's never let's never talk about pal games. Uh, 1995's Batman Forever, the Woolworths Big Box. Uh, you know, this is one of those ones. According to our rules, it's not a special edition, but it sure the hell looks like one. Uh, it is surely one of the predecessors of these. Uh, we also have to check. Uh, did you check the time frame on Echo when that one came out? Yeah, no, I put okay. that later. That oh, one 97. actually came okay. out in 1997. Okay, so there's a couple of these big boxes. Uh, the Woolworths edition, it's a lot like the Maximum Carnage box. It looks very similar to it. Um, uh, it's a little bit thicker, but it also was for Super Nintendo and also for uh, the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, I should say, uh, because it was in Europe. And it came with like a diary, <laughs> a making of VHS, a sticker and the game and it's in this box. The box is actually pretty cool because it's it's nothing on it. They kept it super clean. It's just the Riddler, uh, like the neon green Riddler question mark and the Batman logo. If you've seen from Batman Forever, um, the box looks pretty cool. Uh, that movie is garbage. Cut at me. At me and fight me if you think this is a good movie or if you think Jim Carrey was good as the Riddler because you just happen to like Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura. But you're all wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You're, you're wrong. And your opinion is so bad that you hurt my feelings. So you can at me, but I probably won't ever want to talk to you again. So just like consider that. This is anyway. the last year that it will be the best live action Riddler movie. Uh, God. What a uh, well, box. you know, Batman 66 is probably a better movie, but I'll, I'm going to take Jim Carrey's Riddler over no way. whoever the other uh, guy was. No, <laughs> no way. 66 Bat- Riddler, way better than Jim. I hate Jim Carrey as the Riddler so very much, but my my feelings on Jim Carrey have been pretty well documented. Um, so let, let's just move on. Uh, so anyways, oh I, God, it's Johnny, not, the Batman's to, coming out this year. We get to, I know. Batman. So it's like two months or like, I'm so happy. I've been waiting for so long. There's so many things finally happening. Um, and I'm probably going to have to wait forever to go watch it. Cause it probably won't stream it soon enough. That's exactly the boat. I'm in. I'm not going to a theater and yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not quite ready for that. Even though the mask restrictions in California have, uh, been lifted. Uh, I'm still like, now I'm like, I definitely don't want to be in a theater. Even uh, like, on, honestly, yet. even beyond that, I'm just kind of done with theaters because the experience yeah, it, is just not always as good bad. as home for me. <laughs> well, that's why I invested in a big TV and nice speakers and like blackout curtains because I, not the yeah, price exactly. of going to theater. Like I, it's just like a shitty experience. Like some kid kicking my seat. They can't shut up. Everybody's cell phone is on. So it's like, God, man, this is the worst. Anyways, uh, this box is very cool. It feels like a special edition. According to our rules, it wouldn't come. You tell me what you think on this one. Yeah, it's not. A, it's I'm I'm not going to count it if we're not counting Mario Lemieux, but it would definitely make uh, the book that we're going to write on yeah. video game collector's editions. Um, yes. Johnny, I, I don't know the price of it. I'm going to throw a number. I'm going to say $1,500. How do you feel uh, about it? I, I think that is with sold- no context, by the way. That's yeah, not even I, like old data. I, 
I think one sold for like $500, but it sold for more than that before. It's a weird one. There, There's another one in the same vein as this, also not listed as a special edition, but fe sure feels like it. It's Phantom 2040, and it just talks about this garbage that it comes with. Um, go look up that one, too. Also a rare big box. That one, I think, usually goes for like $1,200, so... Um, Anyways, go check it out. Also for the Mega Drive, though. So a lot of people uh, on uh, this side of the ocean have not uh, experienced it. What's I think a Mega that was, Drive? Jeez. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Genesis everywhere else in the world. But the beauty is, if you collect the Genesis games, you've got the world set of Genesis games. Um. Well, do you? Because do you have a uh, you have Wonder Library? <laughs> was it Gen called? Gen? That's only if you think that. Uh, the Sega CD is part of the Genesis library. I mean, the 32X is part of the Genesis library, right? I think so. It says Genesis on the side. I hate it, Johnny. Stop it. We divide things up for a reason to segment them. Yeah, to uh, keep our minds clean and uh, not worrying about these things that are hard to get. Anyways, Tyler, what else do we got on this list? This no, is everything like everything else from here on sucks. <laughs> no, I, I. This is this is the best part because I think this is like. These are the people who kind of really defined how special editions like they they basically archetyped and prototyped uh, architected and then prototyped the uh, modern special editions. And that's working designs. Um, so let's talk about them. So, all right. Working designs, Johnny, I think when I think working designs, all right, well, they made the Sega CD games. um the, the Sega CD games, you know, like uh, Popful Mail and Shining Force 3, but they didn't do anything like super crazy with those. The crazy thing is that they went out and translated popular RPGs for American audiences, and that was good enough. Their their fancy thing was like, check out our embossed cover on the manual of Popful Mail. But then PlayStation, when I think... Well, and, designs, and the 100 disc variants, don't forget that. Lunar, Lunar and the 7 variants on Sega CD. Oh, God, what a nightmare. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so Lunar does have uh, disc variants, specifically of, for collectors. Not yeah, going to call it collector's edition, though. Most of their stuff has uh, disc variants. Not yes. all, but most. Um, but when you get to the PlayStation era of working designs games, I'm thinking uh, Lunar, Lunar 2, Lunar, uh, Lunar 2 Complete. 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 Ooh. And it's the arc. <laughs> what else do they collection. have? I mean, they have like some shooters. I don't uh, think. They yeah, they have like Thunder though. Force and they've got. Um, uh, oh, what's the what's the one that comes in the box? The ultimate. It's like we should have planned this. Yeah, uh, no. You know the big case that comes with the case. What assassin's case? Gear. Yeah, elemental gimmick here. No, that's N nope. <laughs> Wrong that's game. EGD. Elemental gear bolt. Thank you. Um, that was a like a giveaway though at conventions. Yeah, I, so I know. I'm not. I'm not saying. That, I think working designs didn't they do that as well? Yeah, that was yeah. that was a working designs game. Yeah. So anyways, uh, it, like when you get to Lunar and they do this Lunar Complete, like the things that are in there, you've got disc variants, you've got a cloth map, you've got an art book, it comes in a big outer box, it's all stuck in there, and that's suddenly like, hey, this is what special editions look like. This is, it's not called a special edition, it's called the Complete Edition, um... It's not really called an edition because it's the only edition of the game on yeah. PlayStation. It's just called complete. Yeah, it is called complete. So, um, but yeah, you look at this and then you think of like all the variants inside and the soundtrack and you're like, oh, this is, this is it. This is like, this is what modern special editions uh, are. 
And they, they kind of paved the way for that. Now things have deviated and they've got cheaper and worse since, but I think working designs like uh, created a, a good level and then we've deteriorated since. <laughs> I mean, we've we've talked about this before. I love the working design stuff just because it's the same size as PlayStation. And like, Johnny, if I could make every game into a single format, a jewel case would be the perfect format. It would make my life so much easier if everything was just a jewel case. And, you know, and I'll take the special editions like Lunar, which are the size of what, three or four jewel cases, maybe? Yeah, that's fine. Like, you fine. could have as many of those as you want because... Yes. uh the, it doesn't take up that much space and like your shelves are going to fit still a ton of games anyways. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I'm just looking at some of their other games. So they made Ray Crisis, Ray Storm, Silhouette Mirage included a Lunar 2 movie. I don't know if that was on another disc. Um, Thunder Force 5. So really uh, Ark the Lad, Lunar and Lunar 2 are the ones that came in the big boxes. That Yeah. The other ones just came with disc variants. But they're not collector's editions, Johnny. They were just they games geared towards collectors. So let's talk about the PS1 collector's editions, no! which are so much worse and dumber <laughs> than these. So PlayStation 1 has this whole series of games that they call collector's editions. Okay, there's the Disney collector's edition action. There's Disney collector's edition kids. EA collector's edition action. EA collector's edition racing. EA collector's edition sports. Eidos Collector's Edition, Grand Theft Auto uh, Compilation, Spyro Collector's Edition, and Tomb Raider Collector's Edition. And what do you think that these come with that make them special? Uh, the packaging that's exclusive for collectors, Johnny. Yeah, it's super <laughs> ugly. It, uh, it's, it's like this white border instead of the black one. Uh, it, you, know, you know how to make a PlayStation game really ugly is change the border um, on the jewel case to any other color that isn't black. And... Uh, it sure looks bad, especially that bright, awful, uh, greatest hits green. Um, but yeah, these are not good either. And they're, they're white and like black and they don't come with anything. They just come with a slip case that the three games go in and they call them special editions and they all have, they all have the, a unified look, but, uh, yeah, there's nothing else that comes with them. There's no stickers, no additional promotion. Uh, there's not even a demo disc. It, these are, they're just collector's editions it's more like collected editions of these games not collector's editions but who knows they i think they just picked the wrong word i think this is the closest uh, we discussed this right before the show this is the closest that they've ever come to a company labeling their budget label collector's edition which i think would have been hilarious so if instead of like nintendo selects if they called it collector's edition I think that would be so funny. I think there would be people like arguing that they're cooler than I think they uh, should do that. Honestly, I mean, they, they did like the fighters edge editions of games, which are cooler than the regular editions. Um, but those aren't called collector's editions either. Yeah. I, th I think you would, you would definitely see people if you call it a collector's edition rather than like greatest hits or like clearly it's a budget label re release. Um, you would, uh, you would definitely get more people into it. Like, and all you need to do, like, just release it, like, it's your budget label, but just put, like, one thing, like, a special coin or a card that comes with only that edition, and people would be going wild. 
we're all about including coins and cards. We think coins and cards with video games are the future, Johnny. Yeah, I we we there's just nothing else. Also, it's like thin and easy to do. Like I just try to think like coins are too expensive. I just think lowest common denominator for a company like uh, you know Sony and Nintendo. Like what's cheap that we can just throw in there that costs two cents of material, but we can charge an extra five dollars for. Oh, a card. Yeah, cool. I don't Let's think do it. coins are too expensive. I remember I'm, getting like uh, little shitty aluminum coins in boxes of cereal as a kid. I'm just saying compared to, well, I mean, if you do a collector's coin, you want it to be like one of those thicker, heavier pewter. Well, you want ones. it to be, but they, the yeah, television they, Amico included like those shitty cereal box coins with their games. Well, that, uh, <laughs> the Amico itself is a budget label all into itself. Um, so I'm not surprised, but yeah, I just saying, Cards are very cheap. Yeah, these coins are cheap. But if we're talking the cheapest you can go, uh, like a baseball style card is uh, the easiest, cheapest way to do it and put some variants and foil it out. And boy, you're going to get those people like make make like five different ones available, but you only get one. Oh, shit. People are going crazy. Johnny, I've got another idea. So you're right. Cards are probably the cheapest thing. I know what the second cheapest thing we could do to really scam these collectors. What if we take... Let's get rid of video game manuals uh, for environmental reasons, obviously. Okay. Um, and then we're going to take the video game manual and we're going to remove all the text from it. We're going to keep it the same size. It's going to be super small. It's going to be like, I don't know, 25 pages and we're going to call it an art book. And we're going to include oh. it with our collector's editions as a promo. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Oh, hey. Now that, that sounds premium to me. That, that does sound premium. <laughs> you know what? You know what I would pay more for? Uh, I would pay more for a collector's edition that is exactly the same as the other edition. Um, except that the, uh, you know, the DVD case that it's coming in doesn't have a cutout of a recycling emblem on it. <laughs> I would pay more for just the solid case and call that the special edition. So hold on. Special edition, <laughs> that, solid case. That's not the recycling emblem though. That is the, the plastic sorting emblem. All right. We're going to go off on environmental tangent here for a second, Johnny. The uh, your plastic containers that have the little fake recycling logo on it. That's not the recycling logo. It's a logo that looks identical to the recycling logo. That means this can't be recycled. But if we figure it out in the future, this is a number three. Oh, <laughs> so it's, I, it's like, even more of a scam when it's on your video game case because you can't even recycle them. That's okay. Collectors don't recycle anything. They, they hoard them. They they turn their houses into human uh, trash files. I wonder, I think part, like, there, there is some non-zero part of modern collecting that I don't want to collect it because of eco-cases, Johnny. I just eco cases nothing feels are, good. Everything feels like garbage. Fl- yeah, it feels flimsy and cheap. And then the insert is getting, like, tears and holes in it because something, like, touches yeah. it. It's awful. It, that's what I'm saying. I would pay more. And I know it's, like, you can say it's worse for the environment. But if it's never going into a landfill because I'm a collector, then it's fine. That's what I'm saying. Tell me, tell me it's the special edition and charge me more. Uh, please, please. Or just also. If you're an environmentalist. You should not, don't attack a third of my video game case. Just delete the game altogether. Make it digital yeah, distribution. Exactly. But when you're giving me the physical game, give me the whole case, damn it. Yes. Exactly. Or like, you know, how much plastic did you waste by putting it on, on a CD? Like, come on, get out of here. Uh, Johnny, do you like the uh, the PS1 collector's editions? No, they're garbage. I have all of them, <laughs> but they are terrible. I think they're fine if you're like a PlayStation collector and you want all of them. Some of them are pretty hard to find, right? Yeah, they, uh, they get a little difficult. There's other edition. There's other like 
bundled games that are much harder to find than these. There are also a couple of double packs that I didn't include in this list because uh, they don't say collector's editions. But um, yeah, there's there's this other bundle of like super cheap weird games that are harder to find, but also worse games. Like this, at least you can get like the Tomb Raider and the Spyro and like the Disney ones and be like, hey, these are cool. Uh, but the EA ones are like pretty trashy. Uh, Grand yeah. Theft Auto one's a good one. That one's like probably the most common one. I don't know what the most common I, one is. Well, it's I Grand Theft Auto. Does that? That's like a unique one because doesn't it have like uh, the London? Yeah, yeah. Is like, that the so, only way to get London? I don't. I don't, or I don't think no so. Way. No, that, that's not the first way. I thought that was something weird about it, but let me. I'll have to I'll have to reconsider okay. what I just said. I think it's fine if you're collecting it as like if you're a serious PlayStation collector, you're getting it as bonus stuff. But definitely, if you want Crash Bandicoot and it's too expensive, don't get the fucking collector's edition one and be like, well, this no. one's just as well, bad. yeah. And especially <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, uh, those games are weird because there's two editions of those. There's the first print with the lenticular covers, not collector's editions. Uh, and then there's the regular ones that don't. And then like Spyro has foil on it and then doesn't have foil. Um, so it's Careful on the editions you get on those. But the collector's edition, definitely the worst version to get. Don't <laughs> You don't need that. to worry about with that, because that's just garbage. Yep. All right, Johnny. Uh, let's move on uh, from PlayStation back to Mega Drive for some reason. Um, 1997, yeah, I know very little about this, other than that it exists. The Echo Tides of Time limited edition for the Mega Drive, released by Sega in partnership with the London Aquarium. What? What happened? I, is I don't a know. Hexagon. I think this is this comes in a cardboard hexagon. It comes with a a T-shirt, a cassette, and a shared adoption certificate for a real dolphin named Echo. So did the yeah. London Aquarium get a dolphin? And then they're like, "Hey, uh, we need to fund this dolphin. Uh, let's let's partner with Sega and release some bullshit for idiots." So you say <laughs> London Aquarium? I for some reason my brain always thought this was a. Uh, an Australian exclusive, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, you're wrong. Yeah. Sorry. My my brain, I've just had that wrong forever. All it's right. got French on the box. I don't think anyone in Australia speaks French. No, but I mean, they don't really speak. I mean, not that no one speaks French in, uh, you know, England, but in London, like English. So, I don't know. I am excited for the fact that this is a hexagon. Uh, as a PC big box collector, Johnny, unusual box shapes are highly, highly collectible. And for consoles, seeing a box that is not a fucking rectangle is really rare, isn't it? It sure is. Like, and that's all we got to cool. say. Have you? What did? <laughs> what else do you have to say about this? Nothing. It's it's weird. It's a super. Give me a weird... price. How rare is this? Oh God, it's so rare. Like you don't you don't see this. Like okay. I mean, if you really want a T-shirt and a cassette that comes from Echo, you also get those in there. So like, be sure. Is to this get... like one of those impossible rare things? I don't know if it's impossible I don't rare, see any but on like, eBay. there's none on eBay. But also, like, I would be I would check UK eBay over our eBay if I was looking for this. I mean, people have it. Um, it's not impossible to find, but, um, I haven't seen many collectors show this off. All right. Yeah. Ever, ever. So, um, I, I think it's one of those items that most people don't actually know exists. Um, and even I, who know it exists, I thought it came from Australia and you're like, nope, London, uh, the partnership with the London aquarium. I'm like, well, then why would it be from Australia? Okay. That doesn't make any sense. I've had this wrong. So even someone who's looked at this before got it wrong. So yeah, unlikely that most people know about it or it's easy to find. Okay. 
Um, there's a Racket Boy article on it, and like Racket Boy article, does Racket Boy write articles anymore? So mm-hmm. I say, <laughs> okay, in 2011, one sold for thirteen hundred dollars. 2011, what? Uh, and then in 2012, one sold for two hundred eighty dollars, which still two hundred eighty dollars in 2012, pretty serious. But it it must be so rare that prices there's essentially no price history. Yeah, it's, just it's whoever uh, wants one at the time. It's a see it buy it game. Like it came up, I'm buying it because it's there. Yep. And uh, there's also a uh, a limited edition box set separate for uh, the first Echo the Dolphin. We didn't bring this up, Johnny. Why didn't we bring this up? But um, it's the same type of box as the Lucky Dime Caper, the really fancy looking yeah. black box. Maybe that's the Australian exclusive. Uh, that's probably what you're thinking of. I don't know. It um, also comes with some whale conservation bullshit. What the fuck? Wait. Wait, Johnny. What What are you doing right now? I, does... Does the fancy box come inside the hexagonal box? No. No, no. The this that this is its own the the limited edition box set is its own thing. Um, yeah, one's that, Echo that Tides block- of Time, which is the hexagon, but then yeah, there's then also the just limited echo. edition box set, which is yeah. just Echo. Why didn't we bring that up? Um uh cuz I forgot. Yeah, so, so it was PAL exclusive and it's one of uh yeah, so it is it's in the same vein as uh Lucky Dime Caper. So. so that's the one that includes the Echo adoption certificate, not the Hexagon Echo Ties of Time. The Hexagon one, I mean, it comes with the same shirt. Um, a lot of the same paperwork is actually in there, if you look at it. How could it be the, it's the same shirt? Echo Ties of Times comes with an Echo One shirt? What, do you think we're just going to, we're not going to notice that? This is the Tides yeah. of Time. Yeah, I think people aren't... Limar du Temps, according to the French text, which comes before the English text. I'm. What do you What do you want to do? All this? right, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this, Johnny. Man, if you are into this Echo limited edition stuff, you are more hardcore than either me or Johnny, because yeah. that is some serious deep cut Sega stuff you're going after. You uh, super are. Like, go find that hex box and the, like tell me you've ever seen that hex box before. I I guarantee more people have seen the, this black box one. Uh, than the hex box. Oh yeah. All right, so we're in uh, we're in the late nineties now. We're getting into kind of shitty limited edition territory. I still kind of don't care about anything from this era, Gianni. Um, we could blow through some of these. Um, yeah, we're just talking about it real quick. This is yeah. just a quick discussion. Mist Desktop Edition in nineteen ninety eight was a limited edition of Mist that came out uh, in the UK. Did I already talk about this? It came with a, a, a mouse. Uh, mouse pad and the screensaver who cares i guess also in 1998 kind of important uh ocarina of time collector's edition everybody knows this exists it is balls common as dirt one of the most common sealed games of all time uh in terms of things that people actually want to collect uh johnny is the collector's edition of ocarina of time better than the regular edition absolutely there we go that's the you heard it on Collector's Quest. Absolutely. Collector's Edition is the one to have. Absolutely. The gold cartridge. Look, man, if you aren't getting a gold, you know my feelings on gold cartridges. Like, the fact that my favorite Zelda still, you know, Link to the Past doesn't have a gold cartridge hurts my heart. Okay? It hurts me. It hurts me a lot. Not even a gold box. Like, they did it better in PAL. And then, like, N64, they wised up. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to call it Collector's Edition if they want it, even though it's coming out on the same day and it's only a few dollars more. Uh, this is the Collector's Edition, and we'll put this shitty uh, plastic thing on the box or whatever it is, or shiny cardboard, and uh, yeah, that's great. But they made the carts gold, and that's the important thing. 
Uh, also, I'm, we're skipping over. There's a bunch of PlayStation stuff, especially in Japan. Uh, one yeah. thing I want to bring up, just because I think it's super cool. All of the Metal Gear Solid games have a premium package, which is essentially just a big box, fancy fucking t-shirt edition. Uh, but 1998 is the first one. Metal Gear Solid premium package. It is not very expensive, probably under $100. And I don't know what, like, what does Metal Gear Solid go for? Is that still like $20 or has that shot up? Oh, a I bit? bet it's more than that now. Yeah, like you could get like the cool Japanese version of Metal Gear Solid or you could probably get like a version and a half of just the regular American version. So I don't know, just something to think about. And uh, I don't. I put Final Fantasy Anthology here because it was branded as collector's package in the yeah. U.S., but I think that was the only version of Final Fantasy Anthology you could get. Yes, I was, I was just stretching because there there aren't that many games. Jeff. So uh, let me let me go into since we got to Nintendo sixty four. Uh, hold on, backtrack. Echo the Tides of Time Hexbox does not have a shirt. It's got the stuff that Tower talked about. It comes with like a set and um, a shared adoption certificate in it. There's okay. no shirt. Okay. Actually, someone's saying it does include a t-shirt and a tape, but I think they're wrong. Um, this game's so obscure, people can't even agree on the contents, guys. <laughs> uh, so, no, it does have a tape, but it does not have... No, like... Yeah, that's the black box they're thinking of. It, the, anyways, who fucking cares? Um, N64 stuff. So, people... N64 is where things started to... Like, that time frame is where things started to get weird. You started to get these, like, add-ons, this you know retail or exclusive so you're if you're thinking of the gauntlet pewter figures like i said doesn't list as a special edition neither does the tarzan big box neither does rampage micro machines uh you know toy stories with the tickets none of that stuff listed as a special edition this is just like bonus stuff they're getting in there and there are other versions of each of these games but this is just bonus stuff that they're trying to sell you a copy with, but not calling it a collector's edition, which was probably a mistake. Uh, isn't Superman... All that, so all that junk was... Like, no one went to the store and they're like, I'm going to get the the Rampage World Tour that comes with the keychain. No. I think that was that was all just junk like, uh, I'm looking for a game. I'm an idiot nine-year-old. Oh, this one has a thing with it. I'm going to buy this one. So... I will say, I, I want to mention, do you know what special edition we failed to talk about that's on the N64? This is this is so good because it mirrors... The sculptor's a, cut, Johnny? No. <laughs> no, that's not a... a, a I know, a, I know. Superman. Superman N64 is a collector's edition, and there's nothing special about it. It's the only edition. It's this, It comes what? with the comic. And yeah, it's got a little silver badge. I've talked about it on the show before, but it's great because it mirrors the 1979 Atari version of Special oh. Edition. So it's beautiful. You should get both oh of those and take a picture because <laughs> they're not special. They're the only ones. I never even noticed that. We should have bookended the episode with these two games. We should have only gotten up to 1999. Let's just stop um, right there. Episode over. Done. That's now, let's, hilarious. Let's so, uh, so that's the end of Collector's Editions. But let's talk about what the future created after that, because that's all we wanted to talk about. I, I, just because I didn't hear you say it specifically. On the box of Superman on N64, there is a silver badge that says Collector's Edition for no reason. No that's reason amazing. at all. Yeah, that's well, amazing. I what are yeah, the chances, I Johnny? It's so good. Like the fact that both of those exist and they're both special editions and nothing happens with them. Chef's kiss. Just, just the best. So good. Anyways, 
uh, that's a, a wrap up through those collector's edition, but let's talk about the horrible future and like where things really started to go off the rails. Tyler, you've written down some really good examples. Uh, some of these are my favorites, but you should close with uh, the Sonic one. Uh, we opened with that, really. Um, do you want to mention any more about that before we get into the yeah, horrible Sonic Adventure limited edition? What was was that the Hollywood video kind yeah. of demo version of Sonic yeah, it Adventure? It came out like two weeks before. Um, and it usually has a horrible Hollywood video sticker around the center of the disc, which I think is great because it tells you where it came from. Don't remove that. Like that's, that's the history. You preservationists look, keep it there. Um, anyways, that, that's a a dig on all all of my museum makers and uh, preservationists. Anyways, the future becomes horrible after that. And like, we start to go off the rails. Where do you think, where do you think, uh, like, tell me where we started to go. Like, with halo two and then tell me what it became after halo two. All right. So yeah, I, I, I didn't do any research into the two thousands. I was just basically went on memory of having lived through it and thought of what I think were some of the most interesting and popular collector's editions of the time. Uh, 2004, Johnny halo two, uh, the most hyped video game of all fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who didn't play halo two. Right, I didn't play Halo 2. I played Halo 2 like maybe 10 years after release. I didn't play Halo 1 till I played Halo 2. I played okay. Halo 2 first cuz I didn't have an Xbox really. Um as someone who only plays the single player campaigns, uh, Halo 2 kind of sucks, guys. Halo 1 and 3 are fucking awesome though. Anyway, um Halo 2 Collector's Edition, I believe it was only $5 more than the uh regular edition. And I, for some reason, I had in my head that it, it sold more copies than the regular edition, but I might have made that up or I saw an unsourced claim. I couldn't find anything to back that up. What I don't Don't remember is we're in 2022. Facts are no longer needed. You said it, so it's real. I could just say it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking for this game and because I I was working on my Xbox set at the time and I'm like, I wanted a regular copy of Halo 2, like just a nice regular copy. I'm like, why is it harder to find a nice regular copy of Halo 2 than the limited edition tin version? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Obviously, nothing about this game is limited. It probably sold millions of copies in the stupid tin. Um, But I think there is something to say that we had a moment in history where there was a limited edition of literally like the biggest game ever, Halo 2, and it was only $5 more. God damn, it was beautiful. Uh, it was a better time. Another great collector's edition. One of my favorites, I have it on both Xbox and PC, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion Johnny. It's another one of these games that it's just, it's the same size as a normal box. It's just twice as thick. It comes in a little bit thicker cardboard. It's got some tchotchkes inside. It's got a map. It's got a septum coin. I love I love the Oblivion Collector's Edition. And do you know why I love it too? I think this it was like $10 more than the regular version. Again, just super affordable, easy to just say like, oh yeah, I'm an Elder Scrolls guy. Give me that. Um, on top of that, this was before Horse Armor, which uh, was introduced with Oblivion which is kind of the start of nickeling and diming and seeing how much money that people that the publishers could extract from us for every little stupid thing. So we had Halo 2, $5 more. Oblivion, $10 more. That is a period of uh, two and a half years between those games. Uh, the only time I enjoyed modern collector's editions, Johnny. Uh, it went so south after that. Yes, I'm... Uh, Two games took us 
I'm going to say it started taking us off the rails. They probably took us off the rails, Johnny. Halo 3 Legendary Edition with the fucking helmet. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, we're going to include a whole ass helmet with the video game now where you could say, what was it? It was a little bookcase. You could store the first three Halo games in it. Yeah. Well, it came with other stuff that went in there that like filled it up. You know, I want to complain about this. Okay. Uh, Because like, if you're going to give me a fucking helmet, make it so I can wear it. (laughs) How many people did cat sized? You could, uh, if you hollered it out, you could put it on like a cat. No, it's bigger than that. Like you, uh, some children, I've saw people like try to get their kids' heads in that thing. But don't do that, man. Don't give me like a like like uh, I don't know. I want to say like a two third scale helmet. It's like w- how much more would it have cost you just to make it so I could have put it on? Okay, like if you're already putting this giant fucking box around it, all the other thing, I would have just p- rather paid a couple more dollars and had a Halo helmet I could fucking wear. Okay, even if it was cheap and stupid, like that one is. I would still rather that than uh, this garbagey tiny one. Um, I, I hate that so much. I just look at it and I'm like, what a waste. So I'm going to defend them here. One, fuck, <laughs> fuck having a whole ass helmet come with a no, video No, like game. if you're going to give me a helmet, like <laughs> you already gave us a helmet. You already put it in there. You already did the thing. So the, <laughs> the correct answer is not to make it a helmet, Okay. I agree. I agree with that. But this was already for as big as it was. This was a very extravagant limited no. edition, considering no, the, the one way. year before this came with a coin and a map. No, I'm just saying, like, none of this half-ass bullshit. If you're gonna do it, go all the way. It's chicken uh, shit. I'm not. You want it. one that went all the way, Johnny? You just mm-hmm. have to go one more year to fucking Fallout Three, whatever the fuck that probably called Survival Edition or something. It came with a lunchbox and a Pip-Boy that you could wear. And I think that Pip-Boy was a piece of shit, but I haven't touched one in like 15 years now, so I don't remember. Um, holy shit, that was a big buy. It was like a fucking crate. Yeah, Like this gigantic. legendary and this Fallout 3 thing, we're just like, guys, what are we doing here? This is becoming a problem. Yeah, I like, and they get bigger. Like, you know what's crazy, though, is big as our special editions are, if you look at some of the crazy special editions that have come sense in like japan they are like they're insane they're like whole statues like giant like half size i don't know i don't know what's going on over there but like it's ridiculous i mean i don't know what's going on over here either oh no like this is crazy but when you see like some of their super rare special editions it's like what what is this why would why would anyone want this but they they've got them and i mean they they live in more limited space in japan at least they're a tiny island they're so I don't island. think there there's not crazy people that are collecting everything. It's just, oh, I'm the world's biggest fan of this anime, and they're finally making the game for this anime. I'm going to get this one collector's edition to go with all my other anime shit from this anime. Yep. So what my my theory for the next special edition uh, for a mech game, whatever, pick whatever mech game you are. Uh, here's how you do it in Japan. You put a limited edition part you put it in a giant box but you don't know which part you're getting and you have to assemble like 20 of them and after that you can make the whole mech if you get them all yeah all right i like it i may so do that make it where you need 20 of them and then only release like three thousand of the entire thing yeah so like only like a couple hundred people could ever even hope to put it together could you imagine how baller <laughs> you would feel though if you were the guy with the mech right yeah. Yes. You'd be like, I assembled this whole thing, motherfuckers. Just double middle fingers up. Just like, yeah, look at me. 
I'm the best. We talked about it. This is the kind of like super limited bullshit that I want publishers to get in on only because I just, I'm totally out on buying any of that garbage. I just want to see it. I just, yeah, me too. Follow (laughs) me for more bad ideas on how to make your games uh, more collectible. All right. Johnny, after uh, Halo 3 and Fallout 3, we kind of opened the floodgates here. Uh, All the Call of Duties at this point started getting really just over-the-top things that came with toys. Um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Prestige Edition came with the night vision goggles. Uh, Black Ops Prestige Edition in 2010 came with an RC car. Uh, You know what else came with an RC car? There uh, was Gears of War, but it was a pre-order bonus. Like, if you bought... If you bought it early enough, it like the special edition, uh, which was like a steel book Here's with like one really, uh, no two. I think I think it was two with like came, the one that came with like uh, the gear in it. Um, if you bought that one and you pre-ordered it, one of the places I think it was Best Buy had an RC car. Huh. I don't remember that. Weird. We should talk about how dumb pre-order bonuses got and now how like they got like ridiculous to try and get your money. Now they're like, here's a costume code. All right, cool, thanks. Who gives a shit? We should do an episode on pre-order bonuses. Because yeah. you know what? I bet there's a bunch from like the 2000s to 2010s that are kind of rare and interesting. And now it's just like, yeah, here's a fun Yeah, now it's just who gives a shit. It's going to be so hard to research that, but let's do it. Like, I remember having to go into retailers to like pick up my pre-order item as I pre-ordered something physically. And I could only like buy this thing for $5 with my pre-order. And I bet like all that shit's gone. Like, who fucking cares yeah. about all that? Uh, 2011, Johnny, in my opinion, the most egregious and bad collector's edition of all time. Skyrim Legendary Edition. Oh, man. The most egregious just because Elder Scrolls was popular with Oblivion, but I think Oblivion kind of launched it into the stratosphere. So the next game coming out, Skyrim, was, again, not. I don't know if it had Halo 2 hype behind it. It's hard to beat Halo 2's hype. A game that literally everyone in the world is going to want to play. And the collector's edition for this game... No one has room for it. There's there's nowhere to put it. It's like Steel Fucking Battalion. It's the biggest goddamn box with just a stupid ass statue of a dragon. Who cares? I care. I'm not collecting statues. Yeah. Some of the Batmans got that way. We've talked about those. Oh, they got like huge ass batarangs. Yeah. At, oh, that at Batman least- box is cool, but it's so big and like, where do you put it? At least there are there are two dimensions of that box that are small, so it's you could probably slide it somewhere. But that's like you Skyrim put it up Legendary on top is of just a shelf. Huge. Oh yeah, yeah. It's there's nowhere like, you're fuck putting you. That. It goes nowhere. Um. Oh yeah, and I just I double checked. Yeah, it was the Centaur tank that came with Gears of War two, and it was a Best Buy pre order. My my memory serves me. Wow, you're very yeah. smart, Johnny. It's not very expensive. My video game info. It's thirty five dollars if you want it on eBay. Go get it. Anyways. And I think that that kind of brings us into the modern era the where everything one. comes with a goddamn statue. The, talk, um, talk to me about my favorite one. So of the past 11 years now, the only thing I think worth mentioning is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, which again, we've mentioned on the show, just the most egregious money grab. It's like fascinating that they actually did this. But if you don't know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey had different collector's editions that you could essentially, like, literally, like, ten different collector's editions, and you could spend whatever you want. And all of them had, like, unique statues. So you buy, like, the $500 edition, and it comes with this amazing statue, and you buy the $600 edition, and it comes with this statue that's just, like, a little more amazing. Not the same statue, a different, slightly bigger statue. Just 
the craziest marketing plan ever, but they haven't done it again. So apparently it didn't work out, I guess. How big do you want your special edition? Um, like having the full set of those has to be, we've, we've brought this up a lot on the show. The full set of Assassin's Creed Odyssey editions is gotta be the Holy Grail of Xbox 360, right? I mean, or is that what it came out on? Or what, Xbox One? I don't even know what games come out on anymore. It looks like most of the ones on eBay are from PS4, so. Yeah, I mean, there was some other big one. So, you know how I talked about go all the way with the helmet? Uh, I think there is a Fallout that has uh, a helmet. Or Doom. Maybe it's Doom that comes with a helmet. I think Fallout 4 has a, a helmet from the power suit is it, in the limited uh, edition. Isn't that there a fallout or isn't there I think Doom? limited yeah, run Doom. limited run games came out with some version of Doom that came with a helmet as well, I think. Am yeah. I, am I right on that? Am I crazy? It's Doom Eternal, right? Uh Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, Doom Eternal Collector's Edition for the PS4 has the helmet. Wearable. See, that's what I'm talking about. Someone, yeah, I don't know what someone the gets I'm it. About. Limited run games doesn't come with the helmet. All right. Yeah, no, limited run Here's games that. come with a sticker and uh uh, card. No, it does uh, come with a helmet. Does it? Okay, you could buy a wearable Doom helmet in a collector's bundle separately, but it doesn't come with the game. It's one of those just like here's some junk that you could put next to your game. Yeah, there there is a Doom game though that uh, that Doom game I mentioned, Doom Eternal, does have a collector's edition with the helmet. Okay, two uh, different Doom helmets that you can get from the 2020s. Great. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, there there's so many big special. It's so weird. Yeah. Now it's just a nightmare. I th the thing that gets me is going on Instagram and seeing people like the New Horizon game came out and they bought one of each edition. So there's the regular box and then there's a big box and there's a fucking huge box and they bought the game three times. It's like, oh my, who is the room? I don't, I don't know. Like again, if this is your favorite game, then okay. But uh, you know what's crazy too? You like you kind of have to gamble on those. Like when it's the first one, like. Ah, I think I'm going to like this game because if you wait, this it's not going to be there. So it's crazy. Is it not? I mean, uh -uh. I get like, I bet I bet you can't find any of those fucking Assassin's Creed Odyssey ones, like the ones that were hundreds of dollars to begin with. I mean, you like uh, this game is it. so popular. I mean, these these are going to be around. Yeah, right. They have to be. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like the weird the weirdest one to me was Ze uh, Breath of the Wild Master Edition. Because I just figured, like, it's gigantic. Zelda, I will be able to get them. Yes, it's huge. And then, like, they didn't really reprint it or anything, and it was just kind of pretty hard to find. Pretty hard to find for a Zelda game. I mean, obviously, yeah, you can get one if you want to chuck money down a window. But uh, what it, what was it new? Like one hundred and fifty dollars? I think so. Yeah, and now I, it's I, like I remember a not wanting to. Sp it was like four to five hundred right out the gate when people were just flipping them, and I'm like. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Well, I'm just going to wait for them to print more. And then they never did. And the price amazingly didn't come down that much. Wow. And it's like people it's are insane. Whatever. Yeah. Now it's super high. Anyways, uh, we, we got more special editions. Oh, man. Black uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Fat uh, had a pistol box edition. What the hell, man? Assassin's Creed is crazy. I love them. Uh, Keep doing it, Assassin's yeah. Creed. Uh, the least inspired games with the most inspired statues and yeah, collectors. So editions. good. Um, all right, uh, that's it. We that's our jaunt through through special editions. Um, you know, kind of a limited history of them, where they where they started and where the hell they wound up. Um, hey, a limited history. Yeah, doing it. <laughs> uh, anyways, 
let's uh, move on. You you got you want to move to collector's questions? Uh, yeah. Let Do me we have any? Up, Johnny. Uh, I think I yelled at people to put more in the Discord, so we should have some collector's questions here. Well, maybe we do, and maybe. We oh wow! What a topical question by Divertov asked about a month ago. What are your favorite things to see included in collector's edition sets? Either the type of stuff that makes you actually want to open the box because it's cool, or stuff you think that will most appreciate in value or whatever. Hmm. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? All right, I'll go first, Johnny. Um, I don't use anything that comes in collector's edition sets johnny check this out there's this thing um i'm a collector so i by like definition not only can i not use it because of just condition and getting lost and all that stuff but everything i want everything to be complete when it's the collector set so it all has to live in the box so no matter what you give me it's going in the box so the most important thing is the weight the form and the the design of the box itself, because everything else is just the stuff that lives in the box. It could literally be filled with concrete, and all I care about is if is the box a size that I like, which to me is usually like slightly bigger than a regular game, but still a very manageable size, and I like it to just be heavy. So fill, yeah. it, fill it with paper, I guess. Yeah, well, uh, keep it the same height as the other games if you can, or very close to it. Yes. To regular edition, make it wide, not tall. Um, but and not, but not like depth. Like don't I don't want it to protrude past the other games. So uh, you're walking a very tight tight rope with me on what I want. Um, I want the box to look nice. Like hey, if I'm gonna have to show it off on a shelf, like if I turn it face forward, like please make it look good. But I'm I'm with you, Tyler. Like all the collector's editions, I don't really want to take anything out of them. I will say the one I did was uh, for Breath of the Wild. It came with the case for the Switch. And that's been my travel case. I'm like, yep, I have this. That's fine. Uh, whenever I go anywhere, I take this travel case, and that's it's served me very well. And I'm like, hey, it's Zelda too, so that that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I like was I it. like unbranded cases, Johnny. I would just go get a nine dollar case off Amazon. I'm very no. boring, but you well, know that because of my mugs. I know uh, this one though. I you know I like to see something that makes me smile, and that I was like, man, it's already Zelda. That's cool. Um, I don't care that, like, technically I should have uh, got just bought a second one so I wasn't damaging uh, my good one, but I didn't. And, yeah, it served me very well. Like, I don't care about the coins. Like, it's neat if you put cool things in there, but meh. Like, I, I don't want download codes. Like, please stop giving me download codes. Oh, no, let's move on to the next part of the questions. What's the most useless garbage crap in a collector's edition and why is it coins? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's I I actually think coins are OK. Like coins look cool as long as it's not the garbagey token style coins. Like if you put a heavy pewter coin, like I think those look neat. Um, you know, I'm going to backtrack. I'll say my favorite thing for you to put in there is a comic book. Like if you put a comic book in a game, I'm like, that's cool. I'm never going to open it or read it, but I don't do that with my comics anyways. So that's perfect. And I'll know where it is. Um, I, th All I right, the worst thing is a steel book, no matter what, especially when it's a steel book and like the game already comes in a case and it, the game doesn't even come in the steel book. So it's just an empty steel book no, that that's... everyone is going to keep empty. That's the worst thing. No, the worst version. But... There's a worse version of that. And we'll get to it on the pre-order episode. When you pre-order and then they give you a steel book because then it doesn't even have a home. That's the worst version. Every steel book. What is we, we just got to 
one of our new patrons is a steel book collector, right? But you know what? You know what he does? No, but he puts them on his wall and it looks cool because he's doing something with them. Sure. Like, but But these are like very, like they're displayed like face out, right? Like all over the place. Yeah, Yeah. they look like, I mean, a lot of times the art on the steel book is cool. um, But like if I don't have a home for it or, you know, and it doesn't fit in the box or something, then what am I doing with it? This guy is doing something with it. So I'm not going to, I don't give him grief. I thought that looked cool. I was like, that's cool. I've never seen anybody do that before. So that was pretty neat. Um, But like steel books that don't have a home pre-order steel books are the worst steel books. Um, But like. Coins are fine. Um, cloth maps I find to be pretty useless, usually because they're like no detail and like you've got a map in the game. Like so, I guess thanks for that. I I actually use my Ultima maps. Do I you? I actually I look <laughs> so I'm in 2022, so I download the map off Google Images and then I put it into Photoshop and I write notes on top of it. Nice. <laughs> so why do you need your cloth map? I don't. <laughs> I mean, but I I would put notes i don't know johnny like I johnny, like, I'm, I'm playing this game 30 years after it came okay out. i like maps in general so like that's cool like if you with the lord of the Rings special edition i like with, with any of these games that come out i don't know like any lord of the rings game like why aren't you giving me a map of middle earth you see uh, I, I don't I love like, maps i don't like the idea of maps being a special thing because every grand theft auto game comes with maps like from gta 1 they've all come with maps of all the cities uh, like Elder Scrolls games always come with map a lot. Like PC games in general just always came with maps. So the idea that like, oh, it's a special thing. It's like, yeah, it's I a mean, poster. It literally cost you two cents to make. No, I'm, I'm talking like a nice cloth one. I don't, it still cost him two cents. That's true. So, all right. As someone who I, I don't use anything in my special editions, like these days, especially if I'm buying a special edition, I'm probably just buy the special edition, putting it aside and like either buying a game separately or taking the game out and never touching any of this stuff in the box. Cause I want to keep it as nice as possible. But, um, I'm going to say less is more. Don't give me any of that shit. Like you look at limited run games and when they try to put like, I this, hate that. Stuff. I don't want the, it. The quality, qual- quantity over quality of their limited edition tchotchkes. Like it makes it look so cheap to me with enamel pins and coins. Fucking. What are the postcards called? Lithographs. Um, all that stuff. Like even I'm, I'm looking at my shelf right now. Let me just look at some limited edition, just garbage. Uh, Celeste on Switch, it comes with a a plushie of uh, uh, a a strawberry. strawberry. No, like, that's no, it doesn't. Does it? Does that? Yes, it does, does. a special? I thought that was the. I thought there was a plush version that came with a download code. The the regular no, this is a limited game? run games. Thing. Oh, okay. Like Undertale comes with like a locket that's a music box. Like a that's a unique and cool thing for for them to make, but it's still cheap Chinese garbage that like. It doesn't add any value. The most valuable things when I and I I've said this before, the most valuable things in like a real collector's edition, I think come with like some uh like Criterion Collection Blu-ray releases that come with like a thick book and it'll just be like essays of like why this movie is important, what went into making this movie, things like that. Like actual effort went into this book. This wasn't just like, oh, we've got these JPEGs. Let's just get this factory in China to make us some 11 cent pins of them. Yeah, send it to Shutterfly. Um, They'll package that up for you. No problem. Like information that clearly took effort and wasn't just like, all right, what are the cheap things that go into collector's editions? Uh, uh, stickers. Here they are. Yeah, uh, I, You know I what? No, it's a great example. The, uh, the 45 minute cassette in Ultima 6 
Because you know what? That was something that fucking Richard Gary himself had to take an hour of his life to sit down and make that. So that was something that took effort. It wasn't just some mass-produced crap. So, so I, books, I will say, is the most important thing. Information. I will go. I'll, I'll go um, one lower. I, I hate all the mass-produced stuff too. Like you've heard me talk about why I don't like limited run special editions. Ad nauseum. I know people are tired of hearing me talk about. Uh, but I don't like stickers. I don't like cards. Even though I keep telling you to put cards in games, I don't actually like them. Um, I just find it boring. I want my limited edition. Like, give me a different cover and give me different disc art. That's it. And make sure my case is nicer than the eco card. Like, literally, that would be the best for me. Just, oh, man. That would be it. <laughs> Like you could charge me more and I would be, I'd probably every game that you did. If you just gave me better disc art, uh, better cover art, like that's not like unique to this, that version and gave me a nicer case. I'm in, I'm in, I'll pay more probably on every game I buy. So I mean, Johnny, we're pretty much in agreement here. And I think like someone needs to take this conversation and send it over to fucking EA and Ubisoft and just be like, Hey, it's not the price. That's the problem. Stop with these huge boxes. We will literally buy the collect as fans of the games. We will literally buy the collector's editions if it's the same fucking shit and you just make it a thicker cardboard box and write special edition on the cover. Maybe give it like some nicer art, like some really clean art, like not like no characters or anything. Just have it be like black on black text, let's say. Oh, like and maybe maybe you put <laughs> a slip maybe you put a slip case over it that has like a cardboard slip case that has like the uh, the the proper text in the UPC, but you pull it off, and it's just a clean image of that. No logos, no bullshit. No, screw that. I I can't I can't deal with removing a slipcase. I'm going to lose a slipcase, and he's a home Johnny. Well, I mean, the slipcase will live on top of the game. It always slipcases are always attached. They don't. They have a home yeah. always. All right, Johnny. Whatever. But the the point is, look at, at hold comics. on. You lose slipcases. Well, you said that I, if you pull the slipcase off the game, it would have the nice, clean, no UPC thing. But I'm well, never going to pull the slipcase no, off no, the game. No, no, like so to, to get the actual like DVD style case out, you pull the little slipcase and it's all clean and nice. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, go on. Go on. I'm derailing. Uh, yeah. Like, look at comics. The way that comics work, they have these like one in 50 insert variants, one in 25 variants. And, you know, some of those things, they'll get like a 25x premium on the price because you would have had to buy 20, uh, like a store would have had to order 25 copies to get that very fancy copy. It's the same comic. It just has different art on the cover. Remember. And that's all I'm asking for in limited edition. They don't like be like, oh, here's your your special edition of uh, Ice Cream Man. And uh, it comes with Ice Cream Man pins. Every 25th copy comes with pins and we're going to get coins. And, and, here's and we're going to get insert a lithograph. Robbins. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... that would be the funniest promotion <laughs> ice cream man is a horror comic for anyone who yeah. doesn't know yeah. i it was trendy before i don't know if anyone cares anymore i think people um, still care the covers are so excellent on uh, ice cream they man. do have good, so covers. good i bet the, the limited edition covers are good too yeah well and then like a lot of them what i was saying is they like remove the logo and stuff so it's just like super yeah, clean oh. art yeah that's what i'm saying like give me that like please stop right. Like I will, and then give me a nice case. Like, please, no fucking eco cases, please. Like high end trading cards, Johnny. Fucking trading cards are pieces of cardboard. They are worthless. They are stupid. They are nothing. What is, what is the high end shit? The high end shit is it's either a nice card, it's a rare card that just looks nicer and different, or 
It has like an on-card autograph. By the way, autograph, like real autographs, I think are, are a cool thing they could include in limited editions. Um, uh, you know, you know, what'd be crazy. Like if they just started going with, like we talked about going like for their special editions and having like, like the magic style where they start to get like crazy art and treatments on the front of their games. And like, they have it in a nice protective thing. So you get it and you like, you know, you know what? Give me my special editions. <laughs> this is the worst idea ever, but put it in a foil package, like a cart, like, like a pack of cards, like a foil wrapper. And then like really test people. Are you cracking? Oh, no, I would love that. I think are you that- cracking that open to to get your game out, or are you gonna leave it? Are you gonna leave it uh, pristine? As long as whatever packaging they keep it in would look nice enough on its own, like yeah. it's not just like a, a really shitty foil wrapper. Like, yeah, dude, I'm all about. I it. mean, I would. Put and it I would in, open it. I would. I, I would open it carefully and save the wrapper. But I want to know what variant I have. Yeah, because if I have the bad variant, I want to go make sure I get a good one. So I would I put it. Pandora's I would put it in like a sure. nice, like a nicer, like uh, plastic case, like something equivalent to like a box protector, but a little bit thicker, and then put the foil wrapper in there. But like, I really love the idea that you have to crack the the uh, the wrapper to get your game out. I think that would be hilarious. If we did, there would be like riots in the streets if someone announced something like that, Johnny. Oh, man. We, I, I, if I was making a game, like especially if it had anything to do with cards, I would definitely be doing that. It would be like a super limited edition and you're just like, yep. God. Oh, if it was like some stupid, like Eye of Judgment game, that would be perfect. Yeah. Right? The thematic, like that new Yu-Gi-Oh game, if they did a the physical edition of that, oh, yep. it would be so good. Yep. It would be so good. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, someone needs to put us in charge of this stuff, Johnny. I know that that is such a good idea. This is the kind of shit that the the shitty limited run game company. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're all wonderful. Strictly limited, but basically everything that's not limited run games that is trying to capture some of that amazing market share that they have, which is kind of funny because their whole thing is that they're limited when they're super popular now and a lot of people order from them and they're not limited most of the time anymore. Um. But they need to do this stupid shit. I think the craziest thing we saw was the company that was going to put out physical editions of new games and then explicitly not release them digitally just so that they would have these super rare physical games. And they wimped out on it. And I hate it. I want someone to do something crazy and stupid. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see that. And like, I I know I like kind of pile on limited run quite a bit but like of the companies doing it like they're doing it the best so what you think they're doing it the best in what way and like i mean all the additional junk that they offer and like the additional sales on their website like i kind of like some of the things that they've changed where like i'm not going to put this in my special edition but if you want to bundle here's some extra products that you can also buy with this like rather than just slam it all into a special edition. I mean, though they still do doing, that. They're doing better, and I'm like the the bar is pretty low compared to what they their competitors are here. I'm just saying, of them, I think they do the best editions of games. So. All right, I will disagree because I just said all like the random cheaply manufactured junk is my least favorite part of collector's edition, so I don't like any of that. Well, I don't, um, I don't like it any. But they all do it. So, but of them who are all doing the same thing, who's doing it the best? I think they are. Um, I, I will say, I did buy the Castlevania think, uh, switch holder. So, I, 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 they got me. I think they like they get the best games. Like very clearly, yeah. they get some really big, serious games. But I don't like the actual editions themselves. Least of all of which because they they got rid of their actual limited model and switched to open pre-orders. I think. 
Collector's editions are bullshit, but I think if you do something that gets people angry that you did it, it's like, oh, now we have an interesting product because people are angry, and the reason they're angry is because they think they might not be able to get it. And that is when I think maybe you got some it like in like manufactured rarity, but you got some real rarity and scarcity going on for something because people are already mad just because you announced something. Yeah, I mean they still have games where they do fifteen hundred or only two thousand. Yeah, uh, but they're so. the bullshit games. And I'm sorry for people who like indie stupid ass anime games, but no one no one actually wants there's not fifteen hundred people who want that, so who cares? <laughs> Anyways, uh any more questions or are we good here? You What's know, the time on the podcast? Two hours. We're doing another question, Johnny. Oh, this requires some some thought. VG Collectaholic asks, what item in your collection did you actively hunt for the longest period of time? How long was it and why did it take so long? Was it sheer rarity, picky, uh, pickiness, unconditioned, high cost, stubbornness, or something else? Hmm. Wow. Um, well, uh, Kid Dracula took me a long time to get. Like, that thing was on my want list forever. I'm just actually going to open my eBay want list. and I'm doing like, the same yeah, thing. Because like, I guarantee... my save searches? Like, what's still on there? Yeah, I, I don't think that my answer is going to be something that I already found. It's going to be something that I've been searching for forever and just haven't found it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? The Faria map is like... Or Faria <laughs> map is like one of those things I just... I've I've wanted it forever and just I've never bought brought myself to buy it, um, so I that I think his question means like what what did we buy? So that's still one I haven't bought. Um, there are a lot of games that I've spent one to two years searching for, and usually if a game doesn't come up in two years, it, it, either it doesn't come up or. Like, the price is just clearly, like, it's never going to be a price I want to pay. I usually give up after if it's been that long. That's a really long fucking time. Yeah. Um, Kid Dracula was on my list for, I think, 10 years. I do have a couple games on here that I have been searching for for numerous years, but I'm obviously not going to bring them up. Uh, one I will bring up, uh, Grand Theft Auto Player's Choice for the Xbox, just because I don't care about it that much. But I still have been casually looking for this, like, maybe five years at this point. <laughs> But is he talking about games that we actually got or are still looking? Like, I, the problem is I can't think of the games I got because I deleted the save search. Like, I, I've had those moments where it's like, oh, my God, finally. But I can't think of the ones I've actually got. Because, like, I would have to prepare for this question in advance. I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the other one for me was the stupid, uh, it, like, it took a long time. It took a couple of years. But stupid black text Compton's uh, encyclopedia <laughs> CD. Yeah. Uh, Man. Real collector stuff. Just guys, check your Comptons on Sega CD. If you don't have the black text on the disc, your version is bullshit, and, 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 and I guarantee your version's bullshit. Yeah, and it has to be the black text in, in the one that is in the cardboard sleeve, not the not the regular edition. This is the cardboard sleeve only. And I, I've told the story before, but like I'm pretty much the one who identified that variant. And then while I was going to win the auction, I had negotiated with the guy because he, he was selling with the whole exile. And I'm like, I'll buy it. Like, here's my offer. Like, I was talking to him via message. I was like, look, it's going to go for about this. This is what market price is. No one cares about this. I'll pay you right now so you don't have to wait the week and a half or whatever on the stupid 10-day auction. He said, no, I don't want to do that. So we went and I was bidding and, you know, I was sniping at the very end and my power goes out right as I'm doing this, and this is like 
it's got to be 2010, you know, 2009, like-ish, maybe 2011, like in that range of time. And uh, yeah, so I lost the auction, like literally with 10 seconds left to go, my power went out. And uh, yeah, then it took me several years, like I think until 2016 to actually find it. So. Johnny, collecting used to be so cool back when this is the shit that people cared about and yeah. not fucking Zelda. <laughs> not, yeah, like I said, I always wanted people to care more about like the cool stuff, but I miss when people cared about the bullshit that I still care about. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Your damn prophecy coming true. I know. Fucking, I architected my own future and now I'm sad it's here. Uh, uh, let me answer the second half of, of the question here. What was the reason that I'm, I'm hanging on to this Grand Theft Auto? Uh, is it the sheer rarity or the price? The problem... So, the thing is, I give up on games. Like, two years is a long-ass time to be looking for something. If you, like... are, I mean, when I'm looking for something, I'm basically willing to pay whatever the price is. Or, like, I will set a new market price because I've been looking for this so long. Just give me the version that I'm looking to buy. Um... The problem with the Grand Theft Auto Platinum hits isn't its rarity. It's that it is not. It's it's just on the cusp of being not rare enough that I think I'll be able to find one. Like I refresh my save searches and every few months I will I will see a Grand Theft Auto Platinum hits on the Xbox and I will fucking miss it by like a minute. And I've had a couple people offer them to me for sale, but they're like, yeah, I want, I want $500 because this is the hot rare Xbox thing. It's like, fuck you. I know I'm going to get one eventually. Um, so I, I can't pay the high price for it, but I'm not giving up on finding one for 30 bucks. Um, and the reason I really haven't given up is because I just think Grand Theft Auto 3 is one of the greatest games of all time in every possible way. Uh, it's my favorite Grand Theft Auto game. I think it's super important in the development of 3D games. Obviously, everyone knows how important Grand Theft Auto 3 is. I think a lot of people who are who played Grand Theft Auto games of that era gravitate towards Vice City and San Andreas, but I am Grand Theft Auto 3 man through and through. So I'm going to get one eventually. And it's only going to cost me 30 bucks. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, the reason I didn't with Kid Dracula, just still as my example, the Black Label uh, Comptons is because I just couldn't find it. Uh, and then uh, Kid Dracula, it just it wasn't showing up or the price was so ridiculous. And I waited and it got to the point where I'm like, it's never going to be in my price range. It's already eclipsed what I'm willing to pay. And then as I was pretty much giving up on it, like one came up for a steal of a price. I still don't know why it was so low. Um, not that it was inexpensive or anything. It was still like pretty expensive. But uh, yeah, I pulled the trigger and I got it. I was super, super pumped about that buy. Uh, they went to price charting. They priced it based on price charting, and they completely fucked themselves. Is what happened, Johnny? Well, I mean, that's back when <laughs> price charting still worked. So, oh, those were the days. Yeah, remember? Hey, remember when you could go to websites and find out prices, and they were like kind of accurate, and they used to like track what was going on. Remember? Remember? Um, remember then? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Johnny, I want to do an episode on uh, the impossibility of collecting everything because there's so many games now, but forget price charting. In the mid-2000s, I just knew the price of every game because there were so many fewer games that people collected. Like, there were, like, a couple consoles that you needed to worry about, and of those, like, a couple hundred games that relatively frequently came up for sale. So I, I just knew the price of every game. Yeah. Those were the days. 
game collecting sucks now. I hate having, uh, like, basically every game I would ever want to play ever in my life at my fingertips. Also, now they're all on my computer digitally and everything, and all the best games are free now, and oh man, life sucks, Johnny. Aww. I miss the good old days. Why do we have the internet? I miss finding all my information out monthly from magazines on a huge delay. <laughs> hey, um, do you want do you want to move on now? Yes, let's do it. Um, hey, uh, and you can cut this if you want, but were you ever going to buy Alien on, on Atari? I mean, I kind of want it, but... Uh, There's one that's closing in 11 hours. That's only at $47. It's an okay see, <laughs> see, that like, that's already, like, ugh, expensive for me. I mean, it, it's I'm a game a that look. goes over 100. It, it's got a bad ding on the side, though, so you may not be interested. Which side? On the right. Oh, it's got, oh, that's a pretty bad ding, though. Yeah. What is this? Wait, this is the packaging for this game? Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. This is wild. It's got a little slide-out sideways box. What? Is this how all these 20th century Fox games are packaged? I, I guess I it looks know. like on. a VHS kind of. Oh, it's missing the manual too. Gross. Oh, yeah. Forget this. I'm out. I'm out. Um, there uh, looks no. like a decent one for $225. No, mine uh, mine is still sealed. So, sorry. I can't tell you. Oh. Mine has got the the flap over it. Wow, you have an Atari game sealed? That's crazy. Oh, no, they... no, no, no. It comes out. It comes out. Yeah, it does. It slides out of the side. Ooh, and it's yeah. got a hang tab on the back, um, just like NES yeah. games, it like pops out. And this yeah. one's popped on the two hundred twenty dollar one. Yeah, yeah. Mine, I, I, mine is not. Johnny, popped. I've got, I've like got some same. higher priorities than Alien on Atari. Okay. Well, I was just bringing. It. Anyways, uh, listeners of the show, the auction will be closed. Sorry, cut all this. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the other part of the show where we talk about what we're buying and what we are playing. Woo! Yeah. Uh, did you buy anything or did you play anything? Johnny. Whoa. Uh, I yes. think I only got, uh, I played fucking RuneScape. I got one exciting thing and uh, you were there to negotiate with me and uh, I paid $50 more than the I wanted new- to. The big news is you did negotiate and didn't just buy it now. That's true. Yes. I felt bad about negotiating, but I did it. Um, and I And I definitely overpaid for this. But I got Metal Gear Solid 4, the U.S. limited edition signed by Hideo Kojima, which was uh, signed at the, the Metreon. That's something over in California that you guys go to. Um, this is a very specific thing, Johnny. I, Hideo Kojima has signed a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is also signed by people like David Hayter or the Metal Gear Solid artist guy or like a producer on the game. I want Metal Gear Solid 4 is it's my favorite Metal Gear Solid, one of my favorite games of all time. The limited edition has the the art in like that the Metal Gear Solid art style. I don't know what you call it. The the regular copy of Metal Gear Solid has just like a 3D picture of old snake. It sucks. So I wanted the limited edition signed. I wanted the US version signed. You know, I would have taken the Japanese limited edition signed as well. But I specifically only wanted it signed by Hideo Kojima. And I think there was a signing at the Metreon in California, and there was a signing in New York, and both of them had multiple signers. So it's actually more common to see the game signed by multiple people, and I specifically just wanted the one signature. And this guy, the guy had it for like $400, and I only got him down to $350. 
And there's another version of Metal Gear Solid with that was signed by like two people at one of these events for like $150 on eBay. So I super overpaid for this, Johnny. But it's the exact thing I want. What are the chances of this exact version of the game with just the one signature coming yeah, it's up? It's not again? happening again. I know, no. right? So I had to buy it. There have been so many things the past couple of years where I've basically nickeled and dimed myself like, oh, I only, I only want to pay this. Am I really going to stretch another 50 bucks? And now like, I'm just never going to get some of that stuff. So I just I just completely YOLO'd. I mean, it's like a top 10 game of all time for me. So I went and I did it, Johnny. I did it. You did it. Nice. What a cool video game guy. That's pretty much the only big thing I got. Yeah. I mean, not only big. Okay. You know what? You want my other thing I got, Johnny? I got another jewel case copy of Quake. We're going to put it in, see if we could find that July 31st date code on the files. Wow. You're doing (laughs) it. I hope hope it's the right one for you. Thank you. I'll let Um, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for you. What'd you get, Johnny? Uh, well, I got a mess of uh, GBA games. Hey, thanks, Coffee with Mr. Sadden, uh, as usual. Oh, what a uh, surprise. <laughs> yeah, what a what a shock for anybody who doesn't know where I get my GBA games. Uh, he is always nice enough to be like, hey, here's some that I found for you or that you need. I'm just like, yeah, great. Now, how much do I owe you? And then I'm like, hem and haw about the price and then just pay him. Um, but one of the games in there that uh, wasn't like immediately on my list, but it's probably the thing like weirdly I'm happiest about is Silent Hill for the GBA. So uh, if you, yeah, I mean, it's a Japan game and it's like a texted game, but you know, oh, I okay. love, yeah, yeah. I was getting confused for a second. Yeah. yeah. This thing there's like a visual yeah, this thing, but I, um, you know, I love to have a Halloween game and like, I don't care what region it came from. Like it's a Silent Hill game. It's a horror game. It, it fits right into my Halloween theme. So yeah, I was pleased to get that. So that was like it's a, a Silent Hill game on a Nintendo platform, which is yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's great. So yeah, pretty happy to got that. Get that. Uh, I think the f- my favorite thing that I that I got. I mean, that's your favorite, not my favorite. But I know you were really excited when you saw my Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order special edition <laughs> two terabyte external fifty four hundred RPM Seagate hard drive. What is yeah. it? <laughs> Wait, how big is that hard drive? It's not very big. It's just like one of those plug and play ones. It's like, yeah, but it's, we're still using spinning disc, fifty four hundred RPM hard drives with consoles. Have we yeah. not upgraded to the the future of solid state drives of I don't know two thousand eight, whenever those became a big thing? Yeah, uh, nope. What do you guys still have load times? Well, I mean, it's two <laughs> terabytes, so there's probably if you want at least two terabytes on um, a solid state disc, it's still kind of cost prohibitive, I bet. It, I mean, I've got, you're probably right, but I got, I got one terabyte of a fancy NVMe drive in my computer, Johnny. Man, I, uh, my computer sucks so hard. I need to upgrade so bad. And I'm just not, I like, I just know I'm going to have to pay. And when I do, it's going to be ugly. And I, I don't want, I don't want to. Uh, anyways, wait. So, let me uh, let me backtrack for a second. I don't yeah. want to focus on the hard drive format. I want to focus on the fact that buying a limited edition hard drive is the dumbest, most Star Wars fan thing ever. So I want you to know, I've waited for this hard drive. I've been watching it for I don't know, eighteen months or so, like waiting for one to come up at a good price. That's and I, what? I, I <laughs> finally it's it came up for forty two dollars. So I finally was like, all right, fine. Because they've all been like a hundred dollars. 
I'm so. just uh, there are like people who collect like all Star Wars merch, like any piece of garbage that has Star Wars written on it. And are you just that for video games now? I, I don't. I've always been that for video games. What are you talking about? I know. But you I know what's weird though? Why? I, it... I don't have all the Atari games. And I was like, I should probably fix that. So like, I'm like, I'm missing. And then there's like some European ones, like from like Delmark releases for Commodore 64 that I got to go. I, I'm just like past the point of like, we're not really doing sets anymore. So it's like, I should just buy all the stupid stuff I like, like my Halloween collection. I'm like, yeah, I collect Star Wars game stuff. So if I see a Star Wars game thing, I'm just buying it because why not uh hey johnny uh you know what's something i bought last year uh, do you have lego star wars for the personal computer the best version of lego star wars um I... he says even not really believing himself <laughs> even uh, if technically it's correct <laughs> I, I do have it oh so, okay yeah uh, yeah i have a lot of lego star wars games uh, those are cool games so uh, what was the other like i oh man the other thing I got, which I know you love, was that Boba Fett wireless yeah, Razer just... limited edition controller. Woo! Stop it. You um, <laughs> that so the other stupid thing I didn't buy this, but I found out. So there's a Mandalorian version of those Razer limited controllers. I have it, but there's a variant of it. There's a variant box where the box is all black instead of, uh, I think, silver, and there's a different design on the charger. And now I'm like, do I need both? Whoa, of them charger now? variant. Yeah, the the fast charger is like, fuck, man, that they're different. So what do I do here? Um, if you don't know, there's also like they've got like five different Star Wars controllers now. There's like a purge trooper. There's like one for the uh, like X-wing game, pseudo X-wing game that came out, and uh, Boba Fett, Mando, uh, purge trooper. Yeah, those those are them. And then there's one that's just like. Hey, here's a Star Wars Anniversary Edition one. It's just got like Darth Vader on it and like shiny gold stuff. That's the other one. Anyways, if you really want to waste your money, go buy those. That That's a pretty good mistake. Um, I also bought Teen Titans for the GBA. Whoa. You know, yeah. So, Is that rare? It's it's uncommon. I won't call it rare. Um, I have no idea. It's, it's hard to find on Xbox. That's all I know about yeah. Teen Titans. So uh, the other cool thing I got, this is not a game. I'm just going to tell you about it anyways. Uh, you Do you know what scary score, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark is? Do you, do you know what this uh, is? I only know the new one, and the, I chose not movie. to watch it because it was rated PG-13 and I'm a, a little whiny baby boy. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, it's weird to me that you didn't watch it, especially since you like horror movies. Um it is very, very hard to find a good PG-13 horror movie, I will say. Yeah. Anyways, you should check out the... They they are like elementary school books, right? Like, this is where you found them. They, they were like contraband in elementary school. Like, they... And it's not that the stories were so frightening. Uh, because if you don't know, these, these stories, they're like ghost stories or whatever. But they're usually based... Um, like the guy Alan uh, Schwartz went around and like he he took stories basically from other countries folklore and like wove it like wove them into stories. It's not like the exact thing, but he used the folklore to kind of create these stories. Uh, these uh, you know, and they're all like pretty short. It's a the scary story is like a book of like six different tales or something in this little book. Uh, the hardcovers have become the original hardcover hardcovers have become very expensive, like over a thousand dollars now, I think. Um, but the drawings in there. So, uh, this guy, Steven, and I'm going to get his name right. Uh, Gamel, 
he did these horrifying drawings. So like, if you look at the cover, you're like, oh, who cares? Um, but the, like the art inside these books, you're just like, they're very evocative and you're just like, what the fuck is, what is this? Like they're scary black and white drawings. Like they, they are oh, scarier yeah, I've than seen the story. This stuff I'm looking on the, on Google right now. Holy shit. Yeah. This is in kids <laughs> books in libraries. So when you're in like third grade, you find this thing and you're like, holy shit, this is scary. Like what the drawings are way scarier than the stories. So anyways, um, they've got this, like, I've got a couple of those and I, I find other drawings by Stephen Gamble cause he's a master and like just everything he does is amazing. Um, but there's this dumb box, right? So from the 80s, like 1989, and it's shaped like a coffin. And uh, it has a little book and it comes with a tape, uh, like an audio tape of them reading it. And it's called The Fright Box. And like the last time I saw it, it was like, I don't know. I, I want to say it sold for like $1,000 or like $500, something like high. And I was just, uh, it's been on my watch list back to that uh that our question it had been on my watch list for quite a few years and one came up sealed for 20 or for $35 or best offer. So I best offered 25 and they accepted. And that was with free shipping. Um, because I, this thing I saw go for like over a couple hundred dollars at least. And I've been looking for, for years was $35. I didn't buy it now immediately because I'm an idiot and then offered. And thankfully the guy, responded immediately with an accept because i was going back to hit just buy it now i'm like what am i doing uh but i got it and that's like i i know no one cares about this thing but look up the fright box it's just like it's just a cool little thing i try to get all the scary storybooks when i can find them the dream is to always find one at like uh the video game dream like if i find it at a garage sale this book that's so much money will be five dollars and i'll be so happy um but really, I should probably just uh, put some money aside and buy my nice first editions and be done with it. What I have also done is because we've created a library for my son, like some of our favorite books and like books that are like kid appropriate at like different age levels. What I've done uh, behind like some books in this bookshelf that I know that are like on the taller side is I've hidden the first scary stories book back there. So one day, like he'll find it like contraband. <laughs> like, what is this thing? Uh, like some hidden treasure that he's not supposed to have, he'll find it. So uh, it probably won't be for years, but I, I'm looking forward to that day. All right. That's a good idea. Um, Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know anything about this, but I'm looking at it. Fan of the art. Looks pretty cool. Looks very like a creepy black magic card art. <laughs> like some yeah. of this is uh, pretty good. Yeah, but now imagine they, looking they at it. it all, so. Yeah, then they well they change it, and there was a big controversy, and then they changed it back, and so the movie oh, okay. is based off the first stories. Yeah, like they did some new artists, like and the art wasn't bad, but it just wasn't this, which is like the best. Now you're thinking like, yeah, this looks like pretty cool and kind of dark. Now imagine just being a third grader and finding this. Oh and yeah, being like, like holy shit, the creepy like like rotting face looking straight at me. Yeah, that would give me nightmares. Like yeah. I can't I can't deal with that. Yeah, there, there's one like where like a, like a thumb is in the soup or something or a toe. It's like so good. Yeah, there's like, a lady just, like serving a decapitated head in one. Yeah, so good. Like uh, go check out. I know this isn't games, guys, but uh, indulge me. It's the end of the show. Go look at this stuff. If you don't know scary stories, and I honestly don't know how you don't, Tyler. Uh, never heard of these books, but yeah. Now Does Ada know about them? You should ask R.L. Stein all the time. That's what I'm saying. So this is like, I mean, R.L. Stein, like if you liked R.L. Stein, this should have been this. Like, have I told you Carly has a complete 
collection of Goosebumps? Of the original uh, Goosebumps yeah, no, books? You, yeah, no, you have. Um, I'm guessing this just came out a little bit before the yeah, Goosebumps this is, books. And growing oh, yeah. up, I only want the latest stuff. And the latest stuff for me was yeah. Goosebumps. And Fear Street and whatever else Arl Stein was fucking oh, writing man. at the time. Did you watch the Fear Street movies on Netflix? No. What? There's Fear Street movies? What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, there's a Fear... Yeah, they did... They did a summer of fear on Netflix and it's uh, three fear street movies. They're all like original stories that kind of compile some of the ideas that were in fear street into a trilogy. Okay. Weird. Um, I'm probably not going to watch it though. Cause I, I haven't even, I'm not, I'm not up on the, the, the whatever the Mando sequels called Boba Fett's story. Boba time. Fett, you're not, you're having finished not, that one. I watched like three episodes. I don't know. Is okay. that over? So yeah, it's over. And also I'll say that I thought the third episode was kind of the worst episode. It gets like better after that. All right. So like, just get to episode five, man. That's like where it really kicks in. All right. Four oh. is better than episode three and episode five is basically just an episode of the Mandalorian. So get there. All right. We're going. Yeah. All right. Try it. And then you can think about if you want to watch Fear Street while you grind RuneScape. I'm watching uh, I'm watching Ozark, Johnny. Oh, yeah. That's my it? RuneScape grinding series. If you want Breaking Bad, but like l- literally Breaking Bad, but like just kind of worse in every way. But also Breaking Bad is really good. So I don't know. Maybe you want to watch it again. You can watch Ozark, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Yeah, I know. It's... You don't have to. I'm not like shouting. No, from the it's got a good cast and people say it's good. I've just never, I'm like, nah, I don't feel like getting into this. You could also just watch Breaking Bad again. I don't know. I don't Let even want to watch Breaking Bad again. I got, I did it the first time. I'm just waiting for them to finish Better Call Saul. Like, just give me that last season this year, finally. Hey, I mean, he almost died. So, a heart attack. So, I'm, I'm glad Bob Odenkirk's okay. But yeah, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the last season. I, I it's all good, man. Better Call Saul. I don't even know how far I got into Better Call Saul. Oh, I love Better Call. Saul. I know it was good. I I'm too dumb to keep up on uh on a side series for whatever reason. It's like, all whenever there's a side series is something I like. I always like burn out and forget about it. Well, it's all on Netflix, so you're you're fine now. Just go watch it. All right. Is Anyways. this is this After Dark? What's going on right now? <laughs> I don't know. You could pretty much. I mean, this is pretty much what After Dark is. Anyways, uh, hey, you can find us on social media. You can find Tyler on places. Tyler, I'm Default Gen. Default Gen, uh, G E N even on. Uh, I'm on Video Game Sages. Uh, I'm just gonna give up on us ever going back to Video Game Sage. I don't. This seems like too long to fix a problem by any standard. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. Sometimes I, I post video games that I like. Mostly PC games now, so you know what? Probably just don't follow me. No, you've you've <laughs> posting so much weird good stuff lately. I love it. <laughs> I'm so into like anybody who's posting stuff I don't see every day. It's like my new favorite thing to follow. Like, please. I didn't. Even, oh, I got. Did I talk about this Icewind Dale two? You didn't talk about Man, Icewind Dale two. Talk about something. You know what would have been a great que- a great response to something I've been looking for forever and. Uh, Oh man, this Icewind Dale 2 big box. So there's an Ice Icewind Dale 2. It's the last uh, Infinity Engine game. So Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, Icewind Dale, Icewind Dale 2. Uh, Neverwinter Nights moved to the Aurora Engine. Whatever. There's there's all these stupid computer RPGs. They all feel a certain way. I don't give a shit about Icewind Dale 2 at all. But someone years ago told me that this Icewind Dale 2 big box was rare, and it is. 
And I don't know, it might be like a Southeast Asia version or it might be another country release, but you look for Icewind Dale 2 Big Box and you cannot find it. It's got an ESRB logo on it, but that does not mean it was necessarily an American release. There's an Icewind Dale 2 Collector's Edition, also kind of rare, which comes in a big box. Not that! Regular ass Icewind Dale 2 Big Box. God, I've spent so long looking for this game. Uh, randomly going through my save searches one day, Icewind Dale 2 Big Box comes up. I click it, like, all it's a small box all the time. I never, never find this game. It's a sealed Icewind Dale 2 Big Box, like, near mint condition, and it was like 30 bucks. I've been looking for this game for years. So, uh, another really cool thing I've been searching for forever. Uh, whatever, Icewind Dale 2 Big Box. And now I will, I'll put it on a shelf and never think about it again. But God, that could delete the save search. So good. You did it. Yeah. Anyway, that's the kind of stuff I'm posting on Instagram now. And Worms and Adventure for the Atari. All kinds yeah, of stuff. I didn't even know what the original release of Worms looked like until I bought it. Who thinks about Worms 1? Not People me. Like Worms Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I'm Johnny underscore Iucci. You can find me on Instagram or our Discord occasionally. Uh, I haven't been on there as much as I should. I've, I've been like so... <laughs> I've been sick for so long and getting back to work, I've been like, dude, the backlog is real. And I'm not talking video games. I'm just talking work and uh, life, trying to get things back together in my house organized. So uh, I've neglected that. But you can find me there uh, and you can always message me uh, on either of those places. And I do always respond. Um, if you want to be a part of our, uh, discord you have to join our Patreon for as little as $2, that'll get you there. $4 gets you our, our bonus content and, uh, $6 gets you a, a special name badge. I don't recommend it, but, uh, if you want to support a little extra, that's great. Uh, anyways, if you want to please support us, but if not, Hey, we're not going to hold it against you and you're still going to get this fine content and, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash collectors quest. Thanks so much for listening. That's our episode for tonight. I hope you all feel special and uh, you found out about these additions that you probably don't want to collect. All right, that's it. Bye. That is our show. No errata. Everything we got is right and 100% accurate. Probably not, but we're begging you to send us more information on collector's editions. Thank you to 8-Bit, A-P-E-Bit, like the monkey, 8-Bit.Bandcamp.com. He does our intro music. Thank you to the patrons. I'm doing this fast because I got to get back to work, guys. Richard patron number one, Bowden, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo World Champion, Daniel Jacksvick, high-end collector, Andrew Brim, greeting stranger. I'm not surprised to see Andrew Shelton around here. 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre. Video games were meant to be slapped. Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, M. Pocky and Rocky with Becky, Mint Condition, Brian J. Mora, The Strictly Limited, Super Rare, Bruno, Fat Cat Collector, Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, too many NES, whew, too many NES accessories, Morozik, I knew I wasn't gonna get that one. Johnny's GBA hookup, coffee with Mr. Saturn, of course, playing with power, Connor Strange, the last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, Unpunched Tank Tab, Dustin Beagle, he has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, the actual Shinobi, Jasonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy, Ferris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, the Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo, Lance, Lord Hardstyle Z, the Degenerate, Matt Fall, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here! Funko Land employee, platform agnostic, read the game shark, 
the Famicom Box retro game enthusiast. They can beat Ghost and Goblins twice, Chefish, vintage video game connoisseur who knows they're better than modern games, the Fuzzy, Sean, the Gamer Collective, the new craft who can beat Mega Man without the pause trick, previously unknown variant, Tim Walker, from the internet, Todd Fisher, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, the Willennium, Will Joe, keeper of the Zelda variants, Zero X Def Code, going back to Zero X, getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't, all caps, no gods or kings, only Andy Lancaster, what a 9.8 A++ Benji, the actually rare bird dog gaming, new YouTube video up on limited run games, dropping the Mario 64 penguin off the map, Brandon Chalker, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode, still finding deals in 2022, Colton Murphy, a winner is him, David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Don Libby, the hero of time, Double Ugly presents Double Ugly, the official game of the movie. Actually understands the Zelda timeline, Jeff Pierce, he is error, Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk. Joe actually plays his games, Champ Pity, video game art collector because video games are art, Justin Tachio, Lateral Movement, who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up. Michael, posting in the Discord right now, Chiara Monty, Nick the Video Game Database, Morgan, Homebrew Mastermind, Divertov, the other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games, Dungeon Master, Reed Stubinick, The Promoter, Retro RPG Podcast. Tom, Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, Zaventorian, he knows all 97 Nintendo games, 32 bits or less, do the math! 360 No Scope, Alex Charns, Andrew actually collecting Engage O, Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president, Chesno, all your base are belong to him, Colby, he is Sinistar, Corhagen does what Nintendo don't, Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon, the Modern Database, Danny Gomez, the Philatelist, Dork Overlord, my childhood PlayStation Idol, Game-Rave.com, Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon, collector of everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, Sam, Sega Mark III Marks, and Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix. Don't think he told me if it was LaCroix or LaCroix. Thank you guys so much.